the SND Podcast channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. You think you know me. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am back. I am Jay, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. And I know I've been gone for a while. It's shit. It's been a hell of a while. Um, but I'm here, and it's a great time to be here. It is WrestleMania time. It's uh, it's a little bit crazy. It's not your typical WrestleMania feel because of all the the craziness that's going on with you know with the coronavirus COVID-19 that's been sweeping the freaking world uh at the moment um but you know what we're going to get our minds off of it tonight we're going to talk about WrestleMania anyway and uh me and my two co-hosts tonight hopefully we can get your minds off of it you know for about an hour or so so with that being said welcome to episode 45 this is your WrestleMania 36 preview show um I am Jay and I'm joined along with two guys i have one dude who hasn't been on in a long time but he is he is my tag team partner in terms of podcasting my man izzy israel welcome back brother how you doing yo 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 home like everybody else in the world (laughs) thank you for giving me something to do (laughs) (laughs) oh man yep everybody's home and um hopefully everybody's safe everybody's chill nobody you know hopefully no more people get sick uh, even though they say the worst is yet to come, hopefully that's more of a, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But with yeah. that being said, my second co-host is back with us, my man Sammy Muniz. Brother, what is going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man, of course. So, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, not the typical mania feel. Uh, obviously, this is going to be <laughs> an understatement that it's going to be the lowest record audience <laughs> <laughs> of a WrestleMania ever, considering it's going to probably be in front of an empty uh, performance center. How, I, I mean, how do you guys feel about this? I mean, it's going to be Mania with no crowd. I think it should have been postponed. Yeah, man. Uh, they should have done SummerSlam and let it into Mania. Make Mania the big summer show just for this year. Do it in August or something. I, I haven't watched wrestling in a minute, but I do, you know, check out like clips on YouTube and stuff and the watching it with no audience, like the, the you, it focuses so much on the acting aspect of wrestling that it's like so weird and awkward. Yeah, um, it, it's tough, man. It, it, it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, that's true. The only thing I find is that um, AEW did the... Um, the show's much better for some reason. I don't know what it is that WWE is missing because Raw has been disappointing. The worst one has been Raw. And SmackDown's oh. been disappointing. But NXT has a little bit of what AEW's doing. It doesn't have it completely. But when I look at AEW, the the video, whoever's doing the video, a lot of the doing the whole thing with the wrestlers being the crowd, it works. The, the lighting, everything. So I think they're doing something a little bit different there. Actually, 
I thought the AEW show, the one that they did, the first one without a crowd, was their best show. So yeah. um, that's that's yeah. crazy because they. I mean, I wouldn't say AEW has had sold out crowds because they obviously they do what WWE does when they don't have a sellout. They tape some of the spot off. But um, but yeah, like you said, a couple of weeks back when they did that first show with no crowd, it was a great show. <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's interesting, but, um, you know, it, like you said, the way AEW has, has it hooked up, um, I think they, they have the right formula for a show with no crowd and they've had some pretty decent shows since then. Um, yeah, like you said, they have the other wrestlers as the crowd. I, I mean, I'm, uh, from what my eyes can tell, I don't know if they're six feet apart from each other, but they're pretty, they got some distancing going on with them, with the crowd. Um, you know, they'll have like maybe MJF, they'll have a couple of heels, maybe a couple of baby faces sitting on one side or the other. And, you know, they, like you said, they, they, I, I feel like they did it the right way. You know, they, for a show that's going to be limited, they, they, as Paul Heyman would say back in the ECW days, they accentuated the positives and they hit the negatives, you know what I mean? But yeah, overall, it's just so freaking weird. Like, I saw SmackDown last week, and I think Sasha Banks was wrestling, and she's still yelling to the crowd. Like, them still yelling to the crowd. It's like, come on. We're like, look at the hard cam. I know you're not supposed to, but with no crowd there, who the fuck are you yelling at? It's like, come on, man. It's like, what are you doing here? I don't think I, and that's another thing about the AEW. And you know, I'm not an AEW, like, oh, I, 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 I. I wanted to go to Blood and Guts and was set to go to Blood and Guts in Newark. Yeah. And I wanted to go because it was war games, even though I can't stand the crowd. But yeah. I was going to go. But I think because these guys are independent guys and they're used to wrestling in front of two, three, four, five people, they yeah. know more. For the first time, they're more experienced than the people at NXT who just came in through the system and have always wrestled in front of crowds. Yeah. You know? And I think it's showing. So while she's, you know, talking to the to the crowd and there's no one there, instead of talking to the camera, you see the AEW, they, they look at the camera or they talk to the other wrestlers. Like yeah. there's something there to it. Like they like they know or they've wrestled in those carny shows with like two people. Yeah. Now, do, do you guys think that's probably like a, like a Vince McMahon thing to do? Like, oh, pretend they're there. You know what I mean? Or you know, uh, like old school way like still do what we do even though no one's sitting there because I, I i could totally see that being the case like uh, like sticking to the script as business per usual so to the t that even though they know nobody's there but they still have to taunt the crowd or they still have to make it seem like they're getting the crowd hyped up by like an attack match hitting the turnbuckle or hitting the apron to get the crowd <laughs> hyped up it's like come on man like like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like why don't at that stage just change it up? Like, yeah, look at the camera. Like, oh, you know, you people that are watching, oh, come on, guys, you know, blah blah blah. But the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, like like switch it up a little bit so that it makes sense. Because you would think with everybody being home, the viewership would be higher because no one's in the crowd. Everybody's watching on TV. So why would you keep it the way it is instead of just switching it up a little bit? I don't get it. I think Vince is a tyrant. That's number one. <laughs> He's going to stick to that script uh, forever. That's why I think WWE is suffering now, especially the, like, Raw and whatever Triple H isn't running sucks, basically. Um, it's just awkward, man. I'm, I think that 
he if I was him, I would let the wrestlers just do what they do. Let them perform to the best of their abilities. It's not going to be, you know, no crowd reaction. So the what's going to be focused on is what's in the ring. You know, not even the commentary really matters. Like, because they're garbage anyway. Just let AJ be the best version of AJ and let these let it be a spot fest. For the first time in Mania history, just let us see the spots. Because the AJ Styles that we know hasn't really shown himself in WWE to the extent that he can. You know, Ziggler could be amazing um alistair black could be you know amazing like if you just let him spot it up and let him go crazy like a little bit of a pwg style matches which you have the talent to do it'll be dope let the undertaker beat the shit out of aj styles and you know it's just focus on the the skill instead of the whole storytelling with the crowd because you're not telling a story to the crowd anymore yeah i mean the only benefit like like sam i told izzy earlier the only benefit is that WrestleMania was pretty much already recorded. You know, I guess I think they recorded Wednesday and Thursday. I'm not sure what days they did it. But the only thing that they could benefit from that is we're probably not going to see m- many uh, what blunders. We're probably not going to see many bloopers. We're not going to see a lot of missed spots because they can edit that out. And they could probably make it as perfect as it can be, which kind of takes away from the the realism of it, which there's not much in wrestling, but the realism is, you know, seeing, and, and they benefit from no crowd either if they do mess up, because who's going to say you fucked up? Nobody. You know what I mean? So, so <laughs> the, the cool thing about wrestling is the realism behind it, oh, if you mess up, the crowd calls you out, how you react to the crowd shitting on you. Do you get them back or do you just get lost? That's the beauty of it. We're not going to have any of that. We're going to have a perfectly produced WrestleMania show and, you know, it's probably going to be like a movie. You think that Undertaker AJ Styles in a boneyard match isn't going to be overly produced? I think so. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What Lucha is? Underground. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Lucha. That's exactly yeah. what they're going to do for WrestleMania. It's going to be like Lucha Underground. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, I miss when Sid Vicious used to talk to the camera. He used to say, I'm the one who rules the world. He used to beat up the people and they say, you did this to me, to the camera. I think we little, they need a little more of that just to yeah. engage the crowd at home and be like, shut up, you know, shut up, whatever, whoever it is, you know, the, because the, now you're talking to the crowd. Guys, you mentioned guys like that. Back in the day, even though they had a lot of like cartoony gimmicks and all that stuff, compare that to now, to now, almost everybody is kind of the same if you think about it. Like, you know, they say the same types of promo. Nobody's really different. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, everybody gets written the same type of garbage to speak or whatever the case. I mean, that's why a comedic guy like Otis from from Heavy Machinery, people love him because he's a character. He makes people laugh. He's a goof. You know, we always, maybe once every five years, we get a Santino Morella. We get a Otis. We get a Eugene. Every generation has that one that's kind of like, okay, that's really different. He probably is not the best in the ring, but you know what? He has a bunch of fans because he's different, you know? Everybody is pretty much the same. Yeah, I hear you. I couldn't stand Santino, but at least he was different. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stand that dude either, man. <laughs> Nothing, stupid, stupid thing in his hand. <laughs> is Jim Cornette slapping him in OVW for not, like, making... For not selling the boogeyman being scary. You, you ever heard that story, Is? Nah. 
apparently when Jim Cornette was running OVW back in the day, they were building up the boogeyman before he made it to the main roster. And apparently the boogeyman made an appearance in the crowd. And because Santino had had like his four-year-old kid there at the time in the audience, he didn't sell for the boogeyman. Like he was just like, oh no, it's fake. It's not real, blah, blah, blah. And as a wrestler to tell someone that another one of his peers is, is, is a fake and not putting him over. Jim Cornette apparently got so pissed off. He slapped him in the face. <laughs> That's crazy. It was like, like Jim Cornette went like, was a wild boy like that. He, well, I mean, I guess we'll talk about the new Jack stuff later, but yeah. he approved a lot of wild shit. Man. <laughs> hey, Jim Cornette is probably, and, and Sam knows he knows. He, I, I know he follows Jim also. He is, besides Paul Heyman, I say Cornette is probably one of the wildest, craziest minds in the business, like, ever. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was out there, too. Which, like you said, we mentioned the, the dark side of the ring, which we will get into the two... We'll, we'll get into the Chris Benoit episodes, and we'll get into the New Jack episode that just premiered this week. And once again, the guys that run this thing did, a, did an amazing job, as they did with season one, with all the other shows that they did. And they have a pretty interesting lineup for for season two, um, but we'll get into that. Um, but obviously, the gist of this show is going to be the Mania card, and uh, they they have a ton of matches <laughs> um, starting tomorrow, going into Sunday. So it'll be split into two days. Um, you guys just want to jump in the card, or you want to talk about the Hall of Fame first, or Dark Side? What do you guys want to jump into first? Let's talk about the uh, Hall of Fame first, and then I guess. Um... I was wondering about the split about how they're going to split the matches, but I'm curious about the Hall of Fame. So since that normally comes first, you know, it's more yeah. appropriate to talk about that. I Honestly, I haven't heard anything about them doing the actual show, which, I mean, they can't do it like they usually. And I don't think they would do the Hall of Fame in, in an empty arena. And I don't know if guys like Liger can travel from Japan. If he's in the U.S. already, I'm not sure. So guys like that, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But here are the inductees, just for those who don't know. Uh, it's headlined by Batista. Um, you got the NWO, consisting of Scott Hall, Nash, Hogan, and X-Pac, six. Um, which is an interesting... I mean, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> I love me some some Sean Waltman, but, but we'll get into that. Um, you got JBL. You got the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Jushin Thunder Liger. And the Bella Twins. No mm. way. Mm-hmm. They don't belong. They don't belong. <laughs> what? Let, let, let's go through that list again. Hold on a second. You got Batista. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. JBL. Absolutely. JBL? So, the yeah. Wrestling God? The Wrestling God. Yep. <laughs> you got you got Davy Boy Smith. Absolutely. Yes. Jushin Thunder Yes. You got Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, and, and Sean Waltman. Sure, yes. And the that doesn't even match. And the Bella Twins? Oh, man. Wow. Right. Well, we might as well start with that. So, Nikki and Bree, Hall of Fame. Is, it, is that the first thing you think? No. <laughs> I, I think Nikki has had a Hall of Fame singles career, maybe. But what the hell has the Bella Twins as a collective? <laughs> like, what have they done? They, 
They, they, I'll tell you what they did. They, they linked up with Daniel Bryan and John Cena and made a, and made a, a show that lasted 10 seasons and it's still going. That's what they did. And a spinoff. Don't forget the and spinoff. Spin- oh, total, total Bellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. I don't know. I, I mean, okay. If we're going to, if we're going to analyze this, let's analyze this. Okay. They've been in WWE for about a decade, right? They took some a short time off. They got let go, released, uh, and came back maybe a few months later. Uh, they both have been Divas champion, if that counts for anything. Um, Nikki Bella had that belt for a long time until... And let's be real. They gave that belt to Nikki Bella in a time where they still didn't really have that great a women's division. I mean, it was Nikki Bella. You had AJ Lee, who was pretty good. Paige was just coming up. And that's pretty much all you had. Who who else was of note? I don't know. At that time, nobody. I think Natalia. Natty. I mean, Nat, I feel like Natty's been around for twenty five years already. Yeah, worse. I was sick of Natty back then. Imagine now, and she's still here. Ah. Okay. Um. And then, here comes the boom. Right. You got Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. A bunch of girls come up from NXT. They took that belt off of Nikki Bella real quick, and she never got it back. (laughs) Never got it back, you know? Because, I mean, you bring up... And the thing is, I remember the first show, the the Pull No Punches podcast that me and Izzy had back then, we we probably was talking mad shit about Nikki Bella back then. I don't remember, but we... I was not a fan. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> when I remember her is botching everything, so it's like, oh man, they how were you, you hold a fame person, you know? And Brie like, was worse. Brie was almost dangerous in the ring. That's how bad she was. Lita was doing moonsaults. Um, Trish went from being a valet to actually learning how to wrestle, and it wasn't the greatest, but at least she had um something with substance, you know. Then. Yeah. I don't know anyone else unless you put in Wendy Richter, you know. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Let's, like, let's look at the girls who are not in the Hall of Fame. Off the top of my dome, Mickey James. Okay, uh, yeah, she Vic- uh, Victoria, another one. She's not in. Um, uh, is Molly Bro, Holly in? I think Molly Holly's Yo, in. Yo, Kim, right? Yo, Kim. Yeah, she was yeah. Yeah, she's not in. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a whole bunch we could think of that are like, really? The the Bella Twins? Uh, because they're famous? Okay. If Okay. Did they bring a lot of eyes to the women's division through that show? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I can give them that. I can maybe give them that. Because even me, my wife cannot stand wrestling. And, you know, she, she married the wrong dude. But she cannot stand... She she could not stand wrestling. However, she loved that Total Diva show in the beginning. She probably can't watch it now because it's like ran its course already and she's like, oh. But she liked it then and from then she watched a little bit of wrestling with me. You know, I'm sure in the beginning Chelsea used to watch it too. That's a fact. You know? So we used to watch that shit and they were smart about it. They used to play that shit after wrestling pay-per-views. So we'll sit there after a lo- after a pay per view, after like a three or four hour pay per view, and then it pops right on, and we're like, "Oh, l- let's see this train wreck for an hour," you know. It 
is she Hall of Fame? I think John Cena should have his own wing in the Hall of Fame for the way he treated that chick and got away with it. <laughs> Yo, he was, <laughs> he was such a <laughs> savage on that show, man. <laughs> He was so disrespectful, yo. My man gave her a contract to move into his house. Oh, man. These are the rules you have to live by, and if you don't like it, you're out. If you break a rule, you're gone, and she signed it. He's so crazy. <laughs> yo, he had that chick, you know. And, the, you know, good. She smartened up, and she left him, and now, you know, she got a man, and she's pregnant, and all that stuff. Good for her. They got pregnant together, which is weird. But, you know, it, sometimes it works that way. But, um, but yeah, man, Hall of Fame, if 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 WWE is basing their Hall of Fame on, on that show, then that that's the only way I could even understand that, you know what I mean? Because it's still on to this day. You know, they, they've been on probably almost as long as the damn Kardashian show, which is crazy. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, if of, we, if we look at if we look at who's been inducted in the Hall of Fame, we're probably going to find a whole bunch of people that will be like, what the hell? And and this is just the latest one. Yeah, they're in the Coco Beware, you know, uh, category. Uh, you know, people that are like, huh? And, and Coco Beware is is Eddie Guerrero in the ring compared to Nikki Bella and, and Bree. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, come on, rather man. than Duck Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Kerwin White. Kerwin, my yo. <laughs> when he did that, he became a legend to me. That was funny. <laughs> hey, and for all of y'all who lived under a rock, that Kerwin White character, who was his caddy, Dolph Ziggler. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got him so, like that. And that was and that was before the Spirit Squad, I think. <laughs> so, so yeah, the Bella Twins Hall of Fame in terms of wrestling career, absolutely not. But you know, whatever. You you need some chicks in there, whatever. That that's who they picked. And now, in terms of the NWO, you got uh, Hall, Nash, Hogan, who are all going to be two-time WWE Hall of Famers. Um, and then you got Sean Waltman, which good for him. You know, I'm a fan of X Pac. Six, one, two, three, kid, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, now, my thing is, in terms of the faction, the NWO, you know, obviously everybody remembers 96, Scott Hall invades WCW. Then a couple weeks later, Nash comes in. Hogan's the third man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. They do the thing. That's That trio, the original trio, I understand if they're going to induct the NWO. The NWO had about 500 members at one point, and Sean Waltman in WCW wasn't a memorable member of the group. He didn't last that long. Can I throw somebody in there? Yeah. I think Eric Bischoff needs to be inducted with the NWO. I was going to say that. Yes, sir. He's just as important as Hogan. Yeah. Uh, He was incredible. He was such a squirmy... Like You just wanted to beat the shit out of him and then he would wrestle like doing that fake taekwondo shit like he was yeah he was absolutely. incredible man he he took the bump of, of getting powerbombed by nash through the i guess it was a table I, i'm sure all that shit was pushing but yeah i think it was the stage was, or the table something like that yeah and man he was he was just as important and he was the best mouthpiece they had really he would yeah. cut a lot of their promos because you know, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are bionic almost. Uh, besides the AO, you know, and Hogan and his brothers, 
the best talker to me was oh the, that pissed me off the most was was Bischoff. He was annoying yeah. and he got under everybody's skin, and then he was untouchable because he had a whole gang backing him up. I think he and def- the way he used to call out Vince McMahon every week, it oh, was yeah. like what? <laughs> yeah, Vince is scared of me, and all, he had the sign and all that stuff, and he challenged yeah. him to a match that Vince didn't supposedly didn't show up to or whatever at a pay per view. He was genius, man. What did he say? Uh, I forgot who told him. I think he said it was Hogan. Was like, yo, he might show up. <laughs> he was like, he might show up and kick your ass. You better relax. Did they have that. the match years later, though? <laughs> they oh, in WWE, yeah, where Bischoff had to had to eat it because he worked for him. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, I agree though. In terms, Eric Bischoff was way more important than Sean Waltman. Now, now. Do you do you guys think this is their way of saying Sean Waltman is not a Hall of Famer by himself? I think he is by himself, though. I agree. That's the point. One, two, three, kid to six to to bro. When he when Triple H introduced him as the newest member of the DX when Shawn Michaels uh, uh, left, you know, after Mania and all that. That pop. If you watch that pop now, I mean, gee, people went crazy for him. He was a star in the 90s. Now that you say that, he he got inducted about a year or two ago with DX. Okay, so he's a yeah. two-timer then. But he I think he he has his own merit, man. Like he he was incredible in the ring. I remember this one specific match. It was on Raw. I think it was Triple H against Xbox for the European title. For some reason oh, they wrestled the each That it shit was, was Yeah. Bro, like, come on, man. That dude held his own. He he pulled off the upset against Razor Ramon back in the day. Like, he was... I'll, I'll go a step further. On Raw, 1995. I know exactly where you're going. It was for the WWF title. It was 1-2-3 Kid against Bret the Hitman Hart. That was a really match. good match. That was a classic, actually. Yes. And it was on Raw. And it lasted about, like, 40 minutes. That was a dope match, bro. That's what put him on the map. Yeah, yeah. That's what put him on the map. Everyone, everyone remembers the one, two, three pinning, but what really legitimized was that um, Scott Hall was always vouching for him and saying he's good, he's a good worker. And then so Bret Hart was like, yeah, yeah. And then they gave him that opportunity, and even Bret Hart was like, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, and he was young. Talk about they, his name was was Kid. He was he was when when he first Kamikaze I, Kid. <laughs> yeah. I ran across a match of his from like 1991 or 92, a match with him and Sabu before ECW. Like the Sabu was still working Japan and he'll come to the States once in a while, but he worked a match with, with the lightning kid at that point. And they had a dope match that they, he was working with Jerry Lynn back in the day. He was working with all these ECW guys before ECW came around having great matches with them. That's how he got noticed and was brought to WWE. I think, like, and I agree, I think Sean Waltman by himself can get not a main Hall of Famer not front spot, but, but, he's, but he's, he's there. You know what I mean? Like if I said. Coco could be in that joint, and Nikki Bella, and Drew exactly. Carey, exactly. he could be in the Hall of Fame. Who do you think inducts him? Who? Who do you feel would induct him? If he was by himself? Yeah, if he was by himself. Scott Hall. Yeah, I think so. I'd say Scott Hall. Yeah. But my question is, who's going to induct the NWO guys? Bischoff? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, Bischoff. Which is crazy, because he should be in it. Yeah, it's stupid, man. It's stupid. 
That's insane. Uh, like what WWE guy? I mean, what, what I just they thought got? about this. Big wasn't, Show, like wasn't six like the, wasn't six like the the six or the seventh person that joined NWO? I think that's why they named them that because let let me see if I remember exactly. You got Hogan Hall. No, it was Hall Nash Hogan, Ted DiBiase. I want to say was number four. Um, the Giant this, is number you know? five, and then six. And then you bring in Virgil, and then <laughs> and you go all the way down to Horace Hogan and the oh, Disciple and oh Brutus Beefcake. Oh man, Norton, it just got messy, oh. man. It was too much. God, no, <laughs> it was too now, much. I, actually, I Scott Norton was good on it. He was good. And he ben, was in WCW. He was he was NWO Japan. The the MVP of the NWO B team was Buff Bagwell. Oh, I, I don't think anybody yeah. would. Conan <laughs> yeah. too. Conan was great too. Conan too. Yes, I agree. Conan and Buff Bagwell and Kurt Hennig with Rick Rude. Um, yeah, the, the roster man's too much. That's the thing. They added like fifty dudes to the point where they had to split it in half. So the Wolfpack and 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 Hollywood. Yeah, which which was crazy itself. You know, yeah. but yeah, the NWO as a whole. If you want to just like induct those guys in person and then just go down the list, all the guys that were in it. Cool. You know what I mean? Uh, the, here's the thing. They're inducting Jushin Thunder Liger, which I agree with. Um, he's probably my favorite Japanese old school guy who just retired literally after 30-something years. Well, yeah. Another member of the NWO, why wasn't the great Muda inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame yet? Question. Is this like a wrestling Hall of Fame or WWE Hall of Fame? No, this is the WWE Hall of Fame. Jushin had an extensive WWE career? or No, no he didn't. So he wrestled in NXT. Right, he wrestled. I remember him wrestling once in, in one of the earlier NXT shows, but I don't remember him at all. Never. At all in WWE, WWF, like nothing. So why is he even in? Not not saying that he's not a Hall of Fame. That's not my argument. I'm not saying that he's not a Hall of Fame wrestler. I'm just saying if it's a WWE Hall of Fame, then that would be like the UFC putting in, you know, guys from, you Fatal. know, for Bellator or something. You know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's like UFC putting Fedor into the Hall of Fame. It's like uh exactly. Yeah. But but they but do have Vern Liger was he Liger was more of a WCW guy of anything else. He was New Japan most of his career, but he was a WC he went to W he fought in WCW throughout the nineties, even maybe early two thousand. He had a match, but he was more of a WCW guy in the States than anything else. Yeah, but they have Vern Gagne who never did anything with WWE. And so I think they, they try to make themselves legitimate, but I don't think it's working. They need yeah. to either go full legitimate or just pretend that it's only WWE. Yeah. But that's hard to do because then you figure, like, they inducted Sting. Okay. But And everybody knows who's a diehard wrestling fan that Sting's a Hall of Famer. But he had two matches in WWE, and one of those matches ended his career. You know what I mean? So it's like... Did he have a WWE Hall of Fame career? No, but he's a Hall of Famer because of what he did in WCW. He would justify it during WrestleMania if he comes out and helps AJ Styles win, but he's he's never been a villain, even when he was a bad guy. <laughs> Imagine that. Sting is in the boneyard with his back. <laughs> Let me tell you, you know what I was thinking about? And this is just me when I was shooting off the top of my head. I said, you know, be great. If AJ, okay, I would let AJ lose to The Undertaker on Saturday, 
but I would yeah. let Sting beat The Undertaker at the Boneyard and then make them have a match on Sunday. That would be, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, listen, uh, I know that it was always the dream match. Even though when I was younger, I never heard anybody talk about Undertaker versus Sting, to be honest with you. That was more of a later thing, like when Sting was in TNA, everybody brought up Sting and Undertaker. I never, and I used to get the magazines all the time, PWI, all that stuff. I remember getting a magazine where it was WCW versus WWF, dream matches or whatever from PWI. And it was Austin and Goldberg on the cover. Um, and on that list, it wasn't Sting and Undertaker. It was more like, you know, what uh, Sting against The Rock. That was the match I saw. Or and another one was Sting and Shawn Michaels. I never, ever saw anybody talk in the 90s into the early 2000s of Sting and Undertaker. I've never heard it. Because uh, he was, he was doing the, the bad man, the, the, the motorcycle guy. That's why Undertaker yeah. was doing that. So a lot of people weren't yeah, thinking he, about it. So he came back to being the, the dead man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was American badass around that time. So, you know. Eh, I mean, it, will it be maybe 20 years too late? Sure, but you know what? The little the nostalgia in me will I'll take it. I, I'll It'll take it. be perfect for this WrestleMania. Think about it. Like you said at the beginning of this podcast, they can edit everything out. Yeah, heck yeah. They can make oh, it look yeah. amazing. Which I'm which I'm one hundred percent sure AJ Styles is gonna is gonna lose to the Undertaker, even though I don't want it to, but you know, it is what it is. So yeah, so yeah, they're they're inducting Jushin Thunder Liger, who literally just retired in January at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, d- doing what uh, the no- the noble thing to do, putting over some younger talent uh, in New Japan. Um, they're inducting Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, which I feel like it's long overdue. Um, I, and honestly, I know the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring is is a part of this season, which I think is going to close the season out, from what I heard. Yeah. Um, even now with that coming out, uh, if I'm if I was sure before, I'm definitely sure now. Owen Hart will never be in the WWE Hall of Fame, um, even though Martha Hart is remarried and 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 it's been so long already, she will not allow it ever. Um, which I mean, can you blame her? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think you can. I mean, they you know, not WWE, but. I'm, under Vince McMahon's watch, the man died. You know what I mean? So, you know, what can yeah, you say? The problem with that is you let his legacy fade, man. You got it. Like, I yeah. get, you know, it happens, but the dude, like, that was an accident, bro. I mean, hopefully, God, you know, God, I hope that something that was, doesn't come out. <laughs> you know, the conspiracies oh. and all that shit. But we're going to say that that was a, an accident. Shit happens, man. And you got to celebrate that dude's life and his career. You know the, the documentaries that will come out about him just to celebrate him, man. And come on, man. He's one of the greatest. And that shit is going to fade away. I guarantee there's a whole generation of wrestling fans who have no idea who Owen Hart is. Yeah. Yep. And Agreed. You, come on, man. You can't let a career like that go by the wayside, man. I mean, and wrestling does a good job of preserving its legends. Like we, you know, they'll they'll be 50, 60, 70 years old and kids, you know, 10 years old know who they are because, you know, we just celebrate them all the time. So to let one of the best guys from the early nineties into the early two thousands, you know, just fade like that from, you know, from that legacy is is stupid. It's dumb. It's been too long. I understand Benoit and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a bit, but 
Owen, man, that was an accident, bro. That, that shit happens, you know? The wor- It was the worst case scenario, but the only way to preserve his legacy and keep that dude alive, quote-unquote, is, is to, you know, celebrate that dude, man. That shit will be amazing. You have Bret Hart come out there and, and induct his brother. That Come on, man. And hopefully no one attacks him like they did last year. <laughs> <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. I think the Owen Hart thing is is hard because they were punishing him and put him back as the Blue Blazer. So I think yeah. I think there's the resentment of the punishment led to the the death. That's why I yeah. think she won't let go. And the thing is, it, it, that, that's a good point because you know that stunt that some people blame Vince Russo for, some people blame blame Vince McMahon. Um, you know that was just to make fun of Sting. All of that was just to make fun of Sting because he used to come down from the rafters. And he was supposed to come down and 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 trip and fall and, and fall in the ring in a big ha-ha. You know what I mean? And the rigging broke and he fell 80 feet to his doom. You know what I mean? It was just... Yeah. And the sucky thing about Owen is you know, he didn't... He wasn't a drug addict. He didn't do steroids. He wasn't an alcoholic. He was as he was straight edge before CM Punk was, was popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was just a genuinely good dude, and they loved him in the back, like everybody. Yeah. he was the fucking clown of the back. You know, they loved him. They yeah, sucked, and unfortunately, Davy Boy Smith, you know, who's getting inducted, who it's much deserved. Um, I'm sure Dynamite Kid is not gonna be inducted one day. He might be as great of a worker as he is, but uh, now that Dark Side of the Ring came out and everybody said Chris Benoit idolized the Dynamite Kid, they're gonna they're gonna stay away from him too. Um, <laughs> but uh, Davey Boy he did Smith, tell, he did tell Benoit not to do his finisher, just like uh, Hardy Race told him not to do the yeah. finisher, not, not to do the headbutt. Yeah, he did it yeah. anyway. Yep. But well. I, I think remember a conversation we had before where um, <clears throat> I was saying it had before COVID. I was saying that NWA should have seized the opportunity and gotten right after the um, Hall of Fame, let um, Harry Smith wrestle for the NWA title against Nick Aldis. They could have capitalized on it. But now this whole thing just makes everything like that's out the window now. Who's to say WWE won't try to scoop up Harry Smith at this point? He has a good relationship with, with them. So, yeah. And he's been doing some awesome fights on MLW that I've been watching. I'm like, damn, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's been good for a long time, and they they treated that kid like dog shit his first run in WWE. It, it, it was not flattering at all, his first run. <laughs> yeah, they had the, the ne- not the Next Generation Hart Foundation. Uh, that was him and Teddy Hart. But uh, they it was him and, and Tyson Kidd. I think they were a tag team, and, and they had Natty and all that stuff. And yeah, oh, it, it just hard. <laughs> Teddy Hart's another insane dude that I'm, that one day I won't be surprised if he ends up on a Dark Side of the Ring documentary. But... I, I I think he will be probably next season because that guy you know he, he just beat lunatic. that girl. What, what was her name? Manic Manic Maria Maria that, she, Matt, that, that they Maria selling her hard like she's supposed to be the next China and he goes and he just kicks her butt and and behind the scenes real life. Yeah, but are they were they are were they dating like they were together? Yeah, they were dating. And he's in trouble now. He's I, I think he got arrested for domestic violence. Well, you know what? Not to say good for her, but but stupid girl for dating that lunatic. I'll tell you that much. That that guy is... Oof. 
he's a clown. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that dude. But like you said, he might uh, he might be on the next documentary next season because he's he's insane. <laughs> he sells yeah. cats. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah, he's he's rough. But yeah, you know, British Bulldog obviously career highlights. Uh, tag team champions with with Dynamite Kid uh, in WWE and in and in Japan and all around the world. Um, Intercontinental title, Wembley Stadium, Bret Hart in front of 80,000 people, SummerSlam 92, um, put over Shawn Michaels in 93 to give him the belt to make him a star. I think he wrestled in WCW for a cup of coffee, uh, wrestled Vader, I think for the world title, came back to WWE. Um, you know, he had kind of a, he had a tag team run with Owen Hart for a few years. They were the tag team champions. They were a part of like Jim Cornette's crew with Yokozuna and 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 other and Clarence Mason, who ended up becoming the Nation of Domination with Farouk and all them. But Davy Boy Smith, you know, he became you know middle of the pack pretty much for the rest of his career. Um, but I, overall, the man was an was a great worker. Um, he was kind of like the Scott Steiner range, where as he got older and bigger, he kind of got slower and couldn't do as much. Um, but for me, Davy Boy Smith, hands down, is definitely a Hall of Famer and deserves it. Um, unfortunately, he will not be there to accept, which I'm sure when the time comes, Harry will be there to accept for him. Um, then off to, to JBL, the wrestling god. Um, now, here's a guy that I'm sure you guys will probably agree with me. If not for the JBL character, he would probably go in as APA with, with, with Farouk. Yes. Yeah. Because honestly, that JBL character saved that dude's career because, you know, he came into WWE as Justin Hawk Bradshaw, you know, uh, Stan Hansen ripoff. He was a mid-carder. He was never going to be more than a mid-carder. Then he just showed his skills with the stock market, and he kept on coming out on Fox News, and all of a sudden, they ran with it. Yeah. He's a self-made millionaire. You know, he's a, you know... He's good with math, good with numbers, and then all of a sudden they turn him into this dude. And if it honestly, the matches that he had with Eddie Guerrero in the beginning put him over yeah. the top. You know? Yeah, and he sold like you could. You believed he was that bad guy who just had bad intentions. Like, well, oh, I'm better than you. Know. You're not from here. I'm rich. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we didn't know he can talk. <laughs> Me neither. We didn't know he can talk. It was just like for years, just with him and, and Ron Simmons. Oh, we drink beer, and he was pretty much a low-grade Stone Cold Steve Austin. I drink beer and kick ass. That's all he was. And clothesline shit. And he had a he had a nice clothesline. I tell you yeah, that. That clothesline was nice. <laughs> That's why um, Hangman still uses it, but with uh, the jumping vaulty thingy. With the yeah, the jumping off the rope. Yeah, I mean, you know, JBL had his time of everybody calling him a bully in the locker room, and he's not a good person. He beat the shit out of the blue <laughs> W one night stand. Um, <laughs> yeah, why did he beat the shit? Why did he? Why, what is the story there? <laughs> he locked him up. He was pounding him, bro. Remember bro. that whole thing he used to talk about that he used to hate ECW? That was real. He yeah. really did hate ECW. And I guess Eni went up to him. You know how they were all in the ring with Austin and and, and they were all going to fight each other right. or whatever? Right, right, right. So I guess Meanie went to charge him just to work. And Bradshaw just said, fuck this. And he just pounded the shit out of him. <laughs> Remember what happened before that, though. Just before that, apparently they had uh, what Blue Mini thought they were playing around. Bradshaw took it serious. 
But I think what pissed him off was when uh, Heyman said, you only the champion because the the, the, the son-in-law doesn't want to work on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He and I like, think after that, for me, Because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's hilarious, bro. But yeah, you know, he had his time of being, you know, and I think they made up and, you know, years and years later. But, you know, JBL, as he got older, got a little bit more calm and, you know, and I honestly enjoyed his commenting, his commentary. Yes. yes. Michael. Michael. Come on, Michael. Like he actually became like the, the voice of SmackDown when Taz left, you know? Like he he became that wrestler, you know. We always have to have one play by play guy and and one wrestler who's on the who's on the verge of retirement or whatever the the Jesse Ventura role, you know what I mean? Um, Jerry, Jerry Lawler's the best color commentator though I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when he was younger, I mean, hearing him now, I mean, it, yeah. it's good there now with the younger with the younger guys. It, it brings that level of, you know, someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bobby Heenan's for me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. How can I forget that? Yeah. It's just yeah. that in my mind, Bobby Heenan's one of the best managers. That's There's yeah. a, a whole bunch of them, but to me, he he's always that manager. That's why I forget he commentated with uh, Gorilla. With <laughs> sit on wrestlers too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Comparing yeah, that belt to this belt is like horse manure to ice cream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was one of his things, yeah. It's like yeah. comparing the horse manure. It was like, <laughs> yeah, man. So JBL, yeah, it's deserved. And then of course the headliner is going to be Dave Batista. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Batista obviously started in OVW as the Leviathan, um, another uh, Jim Cornette project because Jim Cornette had OVW at a very, very good time when you had guys like Batista. John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton, um, Charlie Haas. He had a whole bunch of those guys. Uh, he he had knows re- how to churn out stars. He knows how to do it. I think he still has it in him, too. Believe yeah. it or not. He just, like he says all the time, he, he, he don't want to drive himself crazy anymore. He yeah, has that eye. I, I highly think after the whole, you know, supposed racial slur that he said on NWA, no wrestling company is going to hire him again. Uh, <laughs> no, don't forget about it. Don't forget about you it, because you know he said fifty million times before, and no one batted an eye, and now he said it now, and all of a sudden it's it's like blasphemy. He can't work no more. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back. Um, and and oddly enough, you know who I think is gonna pay him to come back? AEW. You think so? I think they. I think if you if you ever listen to um his podcast. Every time the fans ask him what to do, it seems like random fans, he gives ideas and he says they did it wrong. They're supposed to do this and that because he reviews every show. Yeah. And then the next week, it's like they're following what he says. (laughs) And it's like, okay, you're signing the rest of this. He's saying you're doing the like the whole thing with um, uh, with uh, Luke Perry's son, how Uh, he lasted in the ring with Jericho. That was, that was Cornette's idea a week or two before. Yeah, and so they they do a lot of those things, and I think I think they're just waiting for the right opportunity, and then they're gonna bring in like uh, the revival, and then they're gonna ask him to manage. Yeah, man. I mean, how long are the revival in uh, 
in WWE's prison until they're let go? Or are they staying out? Like another four or six months, probably. I tell you one okay. thing right now. I can see if, if they were to ever sign Cornette, I would say Cornette, um, The Revival, MJF, and uh, Warlow. Mm-hmm. I see him because you see the heat MJF gets. They throw cans at him, beer, spit oh, on him. Hey, is if you've never seen MJF, look that dude up. He's uh, a he's a human he's a, he, he's a human radiator, bro. That's how much heat he gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah the kid with the scarf that he wears the scarf. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, that's pretty good, man. He's pretty good, and he Yo, wrestles. He's, only, he's only what? Tw- he's only what? Twenty three years old. Yeah. Wow. Young and dude, people bro. who are just getting back into wrestling know who he is, and in the yep. mainstream, he's starting to get some shine. He's been coming on in news outlets and stuff like that. He's gonna be a big star. It's only a matter of time before the WWF steals him. Oh, they will. They will. Just like they steal everybody else. He'll, matter of fact, next, you, you know what I saw a week ago? I saw his tryout for the WWE um show. WWE posted it on their website. MJF. Yes. I'll, I'll send it your way. Wow. They, they're making a move on him. Don't sleep. Yeah, they'll t- they'll grab him. They'll grab him. It's a matter of time. And the funny thing is, if AEW brings in Jim Cornette, it's like, how many old WCW announcers are they going to bring in? Because you got, you got Tony Schiavone. You got, <laughs> you got Jim Ross. If you add uh, if you add Cornette, it's like you got the freaking three-headed three-headed monster of, of WCW in your uh, in your disposal. You know, all the knowledge. You got Arn Anderson in the back, Dean Malenko. You know, all the all the people that WWE fire in terms of producers and agents, they're all going to AEW. Yeah, you know? but Cornette will bring instant ratings. Heat and instant ratings. Like, people would just go just to want to throw things at him and boo him, and he would just spit at people, hit people with the tennis racket. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Cornette is not as old as as, as you may think. Because he, he came into the business super young. He's only in his 40s. No, he's in his like, 50s. What? Is he in his 50s? That's yeah, he's it? In his 50s. I, I he's thought in he was like 50s. in his late 40s. But no, he still, like he's still got juice, man. Or so. Yeah. He still got some juice, man. I thought he'd be older for as long as he's been in the business. Yeah, um, he came in young. I actually I saw him like 16 like, as a photographer. <laughs> yes, he was a teenager. Well, I, I saw a video of him debuting in Memphis. Back in the in the early '80s, he was skinny. He had the glasses. He was a young kid. He was a, he was a kid, man. I was like, wow. But he started out just like Heyman, a photographer, really young. Just Heyman was a New Yorker, so he was for doing he photography. He put on Heyman. He, he Heyman was his he was his henchman. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Not, not like in in the sense of the show, but like in real life, that was like the guy he was always working with and that's yeah. why he had that whole midnight express the old midnight express with uh yeah. uh Heyman and then the new ones with uh Jim Cornette. Yeah, that's right. And one thing if I ever meet Jim, I, I think I would ask him this question and it's not not a controversial question and nothing crazy. And I was thinking about it earlier today. Now when Jim Cornette had Smoky Mountain Wrestling, he had he had the tag team the Heavenly Bodies, right? Now, the original Heavenly Bodies was obviously, I mean, Dr. Tom Pritchard, and we all remember Jimmy Del Rey, who, who's, who's gone. He's dead. Um, but, but the original Heavenly Bodies was Tom Pritchard and Stan Lane. Okay. Now, Stan Lane was obviously part of the newer version, and not the whack Midnight Express that WWF had with Bob Holly and Bart Gunn. We're talking well, about no, the other Midnight. That, yeah. that was 
that was pure basura, bro. That was. It was after Dennis Condry left. Yeah, it was Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton, beautiful Bobby. Now, considering that lineage, was the Heavenly Bodies kind of like an offshoot spinoff tag team of the Midnight Express? Because they looked very similar, similar tights, similar wrestling style, and obviously Jim Cornette as the manager. I, I would have been like, yo, did you honestly just take your Midnight Express and turn them into the Heavenly Bodies? What, what do you think about that? Yes, he did. I think he admitted and he, he kind of, um, one of his podcasts, he kind of mentioned that. And then there's a video out there where um, in Smoky Mountain, there was a six-man tag and it was Tom Pritchard, um, Stan Lane, Heavenly Bodies, and Bobby Eaton against yeah. the Rock and Roll Express. And then all of a sudden, there's a guy in a, in a sheet and it's Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of their big angles back then because uh, I think he invaded WCW back when Bill Watts was 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 the promoter and he had Smoky Mountain, you know, go to WCW. Then later on, Smoky Mountain invaded WWF and you had their tag team championship defended there and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, we that was that a hit. good match, though. It, it was, was. SummerSlam. That was a really yeah. good. I don't think a p- people were prepared for it. It was like in Boston or something like that. People were like. Like, with their jaws drop, like, wait a moment, this is actually good. And then they start cheering because they didn't know what to cheer, how to cheer or what to cheer. Then they start cheering because it was actually a good match. And we'll get into it later on when we talk about Dark Side. But one of the best feuds that the Rock and Roll Express had in Smoky Mountain was against the gangsters. But we'll get into that in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny how we started that talking about Batista. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, Dave Batista who started as Leviathan then comes into WWE as the Deacon Batista with, uh, Reverend Devon, which, uh, me and Izzy watching SmackDown back in 2002 was like <laughs> the Reverend Devon. That was an interesting character. Um, and he had the Deacon Batista, who's this monster of a dude who used to collect offering from the crowd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, you see this mammoth monster of a guy with an offering plate, and people are just throwing dollars in it. Um, and then that lasted all of a couple months, and because they wanted to bring Batista to a higher level, bringing him to Monday Night Raw to join a specific faction known as Evolution, with Triple H, Randy Orton, and Ric Flair. Now, was Batista the replacement for for uh, Jindrak, or was Orton the replacement? I think it was Batista. Batista. Yeah, yeah. So just imagine this is, I don't know if you ever th- heard this or, or figured this out, but mm-hmm. Evolution originally was Triple H, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, and Mark Jindrak from WCW. Why? Why Why Jindrak? What, what the, just a big dude, a big muscular dude? He's a muscular dude that he was very athletic. They considered him to be a good-looking guy. They even did the promos with him in the suit, walking down the street with Randy Orton, Ric Flair, and Triple H in the music video and all that. Then they saw Batista (laughs) and was like, you know what? Jindrak doesn't have it, so let's try out Dave Batista. So Triple H talked them into using Batista, and the rest is history. Batista became a big star along with Randy Orton, and then Batista turned on uh, Evolution later on, beat Triple H for the belt, and his stardom just rose. And he became a Hollywood star after that. Probably the biggest Hollywood star as a wrestler behind uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. I think John Cena's a close number three. Um, but but Batista, obviously, with the Marvel movies, and he has his own movies. I saw his last movie, Stuber. 
I thought it was actually pretty funny. <laughs> the Stuber. <laughs> Stuber. It was, it was, I, I thought it was kind of funny. It was all right. The John Cena fireman shit wasn't terrible, so I, I believe yeah, you. I gotta, check, I gotta check. I gotta check that out. I wanted to actually check that out, but yeah, I think John Cena is higher now in terms of acting than when he started because he started with the Marine, and that was kind of eh. Okay, we could probably yeah, yeah. take that, and then he did some other ones that were like eh. Okay, you know, Batista didn't start off too hot as an actor either until he got that Drax role, and then that's when he really. Yeah, he kills those the the Drax, the Guardians. He's amazing in them. He's hilarious, man. Who yeah. knew he was charismatic? <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he showed it later on in his WWE career as a heel, but as a babyface champion, it didn't work. No, uh, no. But uh, yeah, I'd say he had in the short period of time he had like a Brock Lesnar type run. He was a few years as a dominant, you know, champion and a dominant force, and then he went on to do his own thing. Um, Hall of Fame, yeah, sure. If if you want to compare him to other guys, like we've said before, he's he's definitely worthy of it. So, I mean, that's the Hall of Fame class so far. But since they're not going to do it, I'm sure they're probably going to add a couple of more down the road. I'd say leave it for the SummerSlam pay per view. Um, but yeah, you know, that's the Hall of Fame class so far. What do you, besides the Bella Twins? What do you guys think of the class? It's uh, it's solid. It's better than most years. The NWO, Davy Boy Smith. I mean, like I said, I wish Eric Bischoff would be included in that, and X Pac or Sean Waldman would get his own induction. But it's a solid class. Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, cool. So yeah, I, I think. I mean, like I said, they haven't made any announcements of uh, when they would do the Hall of Fame. I, I'm assuming you know once this whole COVID-19 is, is uh, under control, but, you know, and we're able to have large crowds again, they'll probably save it for the SummerSlam uh, pay-per-view because that's the next uh, major extravaganza for WWE. Um, so we're gonna, we'll talk about Dark Side of the Ring after this Mania card because there's a ton of matches and we got to run through that. Um, so let's get into the Mania card. Now, it for me, it's in nowhere in a specific order. I, I, I don't know what matches are on what day. I didn't go in-depth into seeing, you know, all that. Um, so I'm going to just get into the card from, from I feel, is going to be the opener all the way to the top. Um, so R- Rob Gronkowski is the host of this year's WrestleMania, which is going to be pretty interesting. He's obviously, for those living under a rock, he is the former all-pro tight end for the New England Patriots uh, who retired after last year. Um, and is now, he is obviously a huge wrestling fan. He is the best friend of Mojo Rawley. Um, <laughs> um Raleigh. Oh, he's terrible. He is. Oh, oh that. Oh. And the thing is, he's gonna ride this Robin Gronkowski coattail all the way. You know or, what I mean? So, as he should. As he should. I don't blame him for it. Um, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski's a big time wrestling fan, and he's a charismatic guy. So let's see. I don't know if he's trying to be. A superstar? I don't know if he's going to be training or if he's just going to be an ambassador. I don't know what he's trying to do. But he is technically the host of this year's WrestleMania. So from Yes, sir. Going to WrestleMania, it just dawned on me. What the hell happened to Cain Velasquez? Is he in the WWE? Is he Uh, a done thing? Well, that's a good question. Um, He he had his one... He, he had his one match with Lesnar at, at 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 Saudi Arabia, 
which right. lasted of maybe two minutes, um, which was kind of a letdown, even though I think they did it correctly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. They, they, they did it MMA style as if, you know, because Brock Lesnar has put that Kimura that he never used in MMA. He, he uses it in WWE and, you know, Velasquez tapped out in like half a second. Um, but um, yeah, I think he got injured after that because I know they had plans for him for the Royal Rumble, but he's hurt. Which is, which is no surprise to us who actually know about Cain Velasquez, right. where he's been injury prone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he was hurt going into the the Saudi show, so I think they oh. cut it short too. Yeah. So, and I know they paid him a ton of money for that crap. Him and Tyson Fury, I know, got paid way more than anybody else. Probably more than Lesnar. Who knows? Um, but uh. You know, and I know Tyson Fury wants to work again with WWE down the road. We'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, but yeah, Cain Velasquez, man. I, I know they had plans for him for the Royal Rumble, possibly to make a comeback, but he's still on the shelf. Lord knows when he's going to be out, when he's going to be back. And the thing is, besides the Lesnar thing, who really wants to see Cain Velasquez go against anybody else? I don't. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just checking, and I. I didn't see his name on this. I thought he would be, you know, somewhere or something. Yeah, it would have made sense. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about, uh, like, him and Rey Mysterio were tag-teaming on house shows and stuff like that. It would have been weird. Rey Mysterio and Cain Velasquez as a tag team. That would have, mm, that would have been interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had a couple of matches in Mexico, and, and apparently, you know, it went rather well. But uh, I think he, they just used him for his name value and stuff because he's – Obviously, still super green in that ring, and 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 I've said it before, and I said it to the to the build up for the Cain Velasquez Brock Lesnar match at Saudi Arabia. I was like, it's one thing to be a legit fighter, but then to make your stuff look legit while being fake right. is something totally different. Right. You know what I mean? Because obviously, Cain Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar's ass before, but can Cain Velasquez throw a fake punch? You know what I mean? Like. That that's a whole that's an art all in itself, you know what I mean. So a lot of those guys that come from MMA, like Ken Shamrock, didn't have a good wrestling punch, you know what I mean. Like uh, Dan Severn couldn't do catches catch can WWE style wrestling. He couldn't wrestle out of a paper bag. However, in real life, he'll he'll tie you into a pretzel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. So you know, and he had zero personality, which is why Dan Severn <laughs> didn't do shit at WWE. No. And they hated his body, which is why they made him wrestle in a T-shirt. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Meanwhile, Dan, like I said, Dan Severn would have probably kicked all their asses back then. You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. Cain Velasquez—it was a quick money grab, and uh, I hope WWE enjoyed the money they made from Saudi for that. But I don't think we see Cain Velasquez ever again in WWE. I don't know. He's too injury prone. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that dude. But um, yeah. I got into a rant. I hate. I can't stand Cain Velasquez. But uh, but that's another. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I guess first matchup on the card, we got a uh, Dolph Ziggler going up against formerly Otis Dozovic, but now goes by the name Otis. Um, is do you know much about Otis? <laughs> I have not a clue who Otis is. <laughs> well, Otis is a part of that team of uh, heavy machinery with uh, him and uh, the fat, funny guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So then but, I've seen him. 
Yeah, long story short, they're doing this storyline, uh, kind of like a love triangle thing, where Otis is in love with Mandy Rose, um, who's an absolute doll, by the way. Oh, my God. But um, <laughs> he's in love with Mandy Rose, and um, Dolph Ziggler, obviously, is that cocky prick that's like, oh, why you want to be with him when you could be with me? Blah, 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 blah. So long story short, uh, they supposedly Mandy and Otis had a date for Valentine's Day, but somebody texted Otis telling him that Mandy's going to be late, and he comes late to the thing, and when he gets to the restaurant, Dolph Ziggler is there and having dinner with Mandy Rose and, you know, cock blocking and all that stuff. So so now they're having a match at Mania. Apparently on SmackDown tonight, which I did not see, it was revealed that Mandy Rose's tag partner, Sonya Deville, was the one that sent the text message out um, telling Otis that she was late. So she and Dolph Ziggler were working together to get rid of Otis um, so it's a stupid little bullshit storyline, but Otis has been raising in popularity as of late and they need, they wanted to give him a nod at mania. So they gave him Dolph Ziggler. Um, okay. That's like an old school. That's an old school yeah. name type of storyline. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I hope, I hope that they do, uh, the whole, um, Christian against Jericho where <laughs> Trish yeah. trades sides. I hope yes. they, uh, they keep Mandy Rose with Dolph. Yeah, and honestly, now here's a here's another turn that I was thinking about. Have Mandy join up with Dolph, you know what I mean? But have Tucker join Dolph also. And you you remember when uh when Dolph Ziggler had Big E and AJ Lee in his corner, like he was with AJ, but then they had the muscle Big E with them. I'd say have Tucker betray his boy Otis and him be Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard and have him have the girl. And have yeah. Mandy get rid of Sonya Deville too, so she has a girl to feud with while Dolph continues his feud with with uh with Otis. Mm, I, I can see that. Yeah, they, because they, Sonya, Sonya they can make a story out of that and drag it to SummerSlam. They could drag it, yeah. And you could have Mandy and and Ziggler with with Tucker in the corner against Otis and and Sonya Deville, because Sonya Deville, you know. They really have nothing for that girl. Like they try everything. Yeah, you're a lesbian. You're still not popular. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> you, they try any little thing to get that to get that push, but she's just not good. You know what I mean? So maybe turn do a double turn, have her turn face to help Otis or go. Eh, maybe make Mandy Rose the evil bitch and all this other stuff. But who knows? But I, I say Ziggler wins the match off of some chicanery, tomfoolery type shit. Um, Elias going up against Baron Corbin. I refuse to call him King Corbin. Uh, Baron Corbin. What you... <laughs> oh, you know, I used to think Corbin was boring, but after he did that thing with Becky Lynch that he didn't sell, like she hit him and he just looked at her, I got yeah. respect for him. And after that, I see his matches now and his matches interest me. Yeah. All because of one moment. Well, you know, saying that, one thing could change. It, it could change a, a, a way people think about you just by one aspect. Because the whole Becky Lynch thing that she could just she could beat up guys, it was kind of like the Ronda Rousey thing in MMA back in the day before she lost. It was like, oh, she could beat guys. You know, she could do this. She could do that. And one head kick by Holly Holm changed all that shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brought it back down to reality. Yeah, so uh, the, when Becky Lynch with this man gimmick, she hits Baron Corbin, he looks at her, and then he just knocks her on her ass. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> thank you. 
That's that's what you do. That's what you're supposed to do. And I vouch and I agree. I still don't like Baron Corbin. I think he stinks, but so, little things like that make me smile. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> But um in terms of this match, yeah, I don't know. I like Elias, but I could see them giving this to Baron Corbin. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know who wins this one to be honest. It can go either way. Yeah, I don't know. It's one I of think those. They're looking for a feud. I think they're looking to start a feud. I think this is gonna go on to SummerSlam. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those. Like, uh, how do you put a bathroom break match on in the beginning? I don't understand. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you should want to like start with a bang and like, like I said, I don't know the order of these matches. What but... do you think they're gonna do? Two hours Saturday and then two hours. Sunday, or they're gonna do like three, four hours, and then three, four they're hours. Gonna, like Saturday. They're gonna drag it out. I think it's gonna be three. It's overall, it's gonna be like a six-hour show if you watch it straight. You know what I mean? Like if like on the net on the network the next day, if they have it in a condensed one-show format, I think it's gonna be a six-hour freaking show. It'll probably be three hours and three hours. Oh, you know? It's hard. And it's then hard. they have a free show for each one. That's the crazy part too. Then they just keep it to two and a half to three hours. Don't kill us. Maybe, maybe <laughs> these matches will be on the pre-show. Maybe a Otis Dolph Ziggler will be on the first pre-show, and the next day maybe Elias and Corbin will be on that pre-show. Maybe they'll do it th- that way. Hope maybe hopefully. Because um, <laughs> um, honestly, in terms of those two, I'd rather see Otis and Dolph Ziggler any day of the week. Um, and then, well, you had mentioned earlier that that. Bobby Lashley has quarantined themselves, so Bobby Lashley and Aleister Black looks like it's not happening. Maybe they'll get, you know, a replacement for Lashley, so Black have a match. I don't know, but let, let, let's just, you know, fantasy booking. If that match did happen, Bobby Lashley with his wife Lana in his corner, sure. Um, Storyline is so hard. Versus, <laughs> versus Aleister Black, I'd say Aleister Black wins that match with the with the help of a returning Rusev. That that's what I would say. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I just think they need to cut the gimmicks with Lashley and just let him be a beast. Yeah, I don't understand what what went wrong with that because he comes back two years ago. Yeah, I don't understand. Like. Here's a dude, they love to push MMA guys, right? Like, to the moon. Uh, they have not mentioned one time, I think, in WWE about Lashley's background in MMA. I think I that's the McMahon's uh, relationship with Dana White, though. You know how they like soup, like, especially Shane is tight with uh, Dana? I don't think they want to big up a Bellator. Uh, uh, yeah. You know? But yeah. it doesn't make sense that they don't mention he's an MMA fighter. It's, it's silly. He should be the black Brock Lesnar. And he's, he's... That's what we thought when he came in, right? He came yeah. in, he made his debut, everyone was waiting to see that match, and it never happened. Exactly. And the thing is, he they ruined his character so bad, it's never going to happen. I mean, unless if he has a renaissance like a Drew McIntyre has had. That's what I was going to say. He went from, from 3MB, whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> he's gotta like snap. He's gotta have that 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 moment where he snaps and he's just a bully and beating the shit out of people, and then people will take him seriously and then he can make his push. You know, he's gotta beat the heel the heel champ. I mean the the face champion, whoever the face champion is. 
beat him, and then you could do like a bad, a, a battle of the the big, you know, big dudes. Well, I don't even know if Brock is the champion. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, but, he's the he's the he's the WWE champion right now. Okay, who they have two champs or just one? No, they got two. It's uh, Lesnar got the main belt, and Goldberg has the universal belt. Okay. Oh my God, Goldberg. Yeah, that's right. He beat. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I still don't get how he. I can't. I get it. He's a legend, but if you're not gonna put Bray Wyatt to rematch him at WrestleMania, I don't get it. Yeah, he didn't get a rematch at all. Like he, like they. It, I, and we'll get into Bray Wyatt in a second, but why would they not trust the most popular character in the company right now to main event their biggest show? I don't understand that. Why well, have they consistently shit on Bray his whole, like, Bray career? Like, he could have yeah. been the biggest thing, you know, even back in the day with the Wyatt family, he could have been the biggest thing they had. They could have ran the company like some evil NWO almost. And they yeah. just shit the bed. I don't... He's so good. <laughs> I don't understand it's, it. It's, it's unreal. Either he has problems in the back, uh, I don't know, because you got a guy who reinvented IRS, himself. No, sins of the father. Maybe IRS did some shit back in the day. And... <laughs> yeah, Mike Rotundo's been a loyal agent for like the past 20 years. <laughs> what could he possibly done? The... Well, honestly, I mean, if you want to talk about sins of the father, I mean, I think Bo Dallas got the brunt of that one, if that was the case. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, talk about a dude that started hot and then... Like, he just... They fucked him over, man. Yo, badly. Like, dude, he had the Bo Leave thing going. I was a Bo Leaver. I believed. It was so good. (laughs) I don't understand the creative, man. I don't understand the decisions. The thing is, fine if 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 the bow leave stuff didn't work, and but if you're gonna repackage him, why don't you put him with his freaking brother? Some yeah, like I don't know, man. I don't get it. Then they tried to turn him, him and Curtis Axel, who's another one. My God, what like <laughs> the son of Kurt Hennig. And <laughs> can't was, wrestle. <laughs> oh my god, I don't understand. <laughs> and then you put the two bums together and it's like what? what yeah. just, throw them off, just throw them off a cliff, why don't you? You know what I mean? Like I don't get it. Team. And then then they made them tag champions and that just diminished the tag championship. That just oh, was man. You know, you know and I don't get that because they never made the the sheep herders, the bushwhackers. They never made them champions for a reason, you know? Yeah. And yet you made the B-team champions. But my thing is, th- they became that comedic, the the Sheep Herders, who was, uh, if a lot of people don't know the history of the Bushwhackers outside of WWE, yeah, they were some hardcore, crazy motherfuckers. Like, they, they were, like, Abdullah the Butcher-type tag team. They, they were just, just a spike. Blood. Yeah, they were all blood and guts and all that stuff, no pun intended, but they, they were some crazy dudes. They walk into WWE and immediately they're a comedic tag team. Immediately. Like, you didn't even try them out as heels. Like, you were just like, you know what? Uh, we, need a, we need a funny, you know, tag team that licks each other. Yeah, you. You two. Uh, that looks great. Okay, get out there. And now they're a comedic tag team to, like you said, have no 
that never won a WWE tag team title because they were never taken seriously, you know. Um, but that's that's what they do to people, man. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Why not just have all? I know you can't have everybody be a main eventer. You can't have everybody be a champion or whatever. But why can't you just make everybody great, like everybody good, so that you can have competitive storytelling? Well, this guy's really good. Oh, we don't know who's gonna win except because then oh, you have AEW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy's where, where you don't know who's the main eventer, who's the heel, yeah. who's the who's the face. You're like, what? What, what am I watching? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, I mean, I don't know. I guess <laughs> you had you have to have your bums, and you have to. It's just guys you wouldn't think, you know. And we could sidetrack into like who's been the biggest bum of of a second generation. I mean, my number, one, <laughs> my number one, my number one would probably be Manu, who was who was hideous. You remember Manu? Oh my Manu, god, it sounds familiar. That he was in the Samoan family, and he was in he was in Legacy for a little while with Randy Orton and Ted DiBiase and and uh, and Cody Rhodes. He was, he, I forget who, what cousin. He's like one of Rikishi's cousins. And is that is he, that the one that was like a jobber, basically, and he never... Yeah, he was a bum. He was a <laughs> big bum. He was sucked. And he lasted for like a month, and they, they fired his ass. He sucked. I was like, yo, you got Rosie, who's Roman Reigns' brother, who passed away, rest in peace. And you got Jamal, who was Umaga, who rest in peace, Jesus. Um, All these dudes... You can name every Samoan and be like, "Oh, that that dude had a good career. That dude had a good career." All this, all these other guys, and then there's that one dude, and it's like, "How do you suck?" Like, I don't understand. Like, I I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Ted DiBiase's another one. Ted DiBiase Jr. He 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 didn't make it either. I don't understand that. He was decent, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. That he had a lot of. He had some skill. It just. I don't know what didn't work out with him. Yeah. One, and one that had the lisp is the one that made it the furthest, Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. You know? He had punches that look real. That was the thing. That's the thing. When that team first got together, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase, I was like, out of those two, Ted DiBiase's a star. But in, in my mind back then, I was like, Ted DiBiase Jr., that's going to be the star. I didn't have much love for Cody Rhodes for a long time. Until he reinvented himself once. All right, yeah, that's pretty good. He put putting bags over people's heads and all that stuff. You know, that that's pretty good. He reinvented himself again. He had the mask on his face. He was, you know, didn't want nobody to look at him, all that other stuff. I was like, all right, yeah, he reinvented himself twice. Then the third time with the mustache, the little porn stash that he had. And he was <laughs> teaming with Damian Sandow. And, and they did some good stuff together. I was like, he reinvented himself again. Oh, okay. Then yeah, but he- there was somebody there that had it out for him. Somebody oh, creatively that had it off him. Then they turned him into Stardust, which was a piece of shit gimmick, which I didn't understand that. That was but, to punish him. But he made it work, though. So that was like, you know what? This dude is a legit worker. He could he could make anything entertaining. Anything. He could You could give him a broomstick and say, take that to the ring and make it entertaining. And he'll probably do it. You know what I mean? Some guys just have it. Some guys don't. I guess Ted DiBiase didn't have the the personality. He had the in ring skill, but that's about it. We can a lot go into of... a long list of that because oh. we can go into Cesaro. Why is Cesaro not a heavyweight champion? He never had that chance. I don't understand that. And now he's relegated to being Sami Zayn's lackey. I don't get that. Hey, man, knock 
but whatever. So yeah, so back to the card. So we got we got Edge and Randy Orton in the last man standing match. I think this this might steal the show. Yeah, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be good. I know uh Edge was Izzy's favorite for a long time. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna shit on a man who made who's making his comeback and he's healthy. <laughs> he started on Edge, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave him alone. <laughs> who, who do we, <laughs> does Edge return with a victory, or does Randy Orton have to? You have to give him the W, you no? Know? Yeah, Edge wins. Edge wins. Randy's gonna roll over with him. Randy doesn't have anything else to prove. You know what I mean? So no, he's uh, just he's... doing it out of like I'll take I'll take the fall for him, a reputable fall. Yeah. And and Randy Orton on the low. I mean, outside Randy Orton loves that dude, so he's he's gonna give him a good match. Um, I I I was a big fan of Edge back in the day. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him after, like, let's say from after the Brood till about before Rated R Superstar. I kind of drifted off from Edge. He was kind of like, eh. I was like, eh, whatever, decent worker, but whatever. Mm. I mean, but then he turned into the rated R superstar, got with Lita, did all that stuff against Matt Hardy. Then the matches he had with John Cena kind of put him on the map as a crazy. When he came that New Year's revolution, that's when I became yeah. Edge, man. Yeah. Because he became, to me, one of the best villains, one of the best heels I've ever seen after that point. Yeah. How you come in and just steal the belt illegally? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was the first Money in the Bank winner. And he was the first one to to cash it in on John Cena after he had an elimination chamber match. Everybody's ready <laughs> so to like, turn off the TV. The pay per view's over. Everyone's ready. Like, oh, okay, John Cena won. You think you know me? I'm like, wait a moment, yes. what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Like they and waited right that. to where they were gonna put the the WWE end stamp, and then they yep. just brought him on. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and obviously, Edge is a Hall of Famer or whatever. My question is. When is Christian going to go into the Hall of Fame, Paul Bastic? (laughs) I think they're still mad at him for winning the NWA title. (laughs) He's like the forgotten, bro. Because, I mean, well, Matt Hardy being in AEW, that probably uh, prolongs the Hardys going into the Hall of Fame. But, um, like, you know, Christian was a part of that, too. You know, the Dudleys are in. You know, like, come on. <laughs> I know for sure I can honestly say me and Izzy's one of our favorite matches and probably his favorite WrestleMania match is TLC, too. Yeah. That whole, that whole, that's the greatest WrestleMania of all time, man. I mean. <laughs> what was that one? WrestleMania 20, that was, right? No, that was 17. 17? Yeah. Because was... I remember one year they had the ladder that was awesome. And then the next year they had the even taller ladder. Yeah, he, was, I thought he was gonna die. I said, "Oh, he's gonna yeah, die." Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna witness a Yo, death. That match overall, with all the bodies that they had in there, with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the Hardys, you also had Rhino, Lita, Spike Dudley, like, doing yeah, yeah. like just doing crazy stuff. That TLC match was unreal. It was awesome. Yeah, like they took, a, they took a good thing and made even better. That was just yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was a great match. Like as he said, that mania was one of our favorites. I want to say we did a show just talking about that mania a couple years back. Um, yeah, 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 we did like but, a week. I mean, that mania was just that was just overall that was just awesome. I mean, it was the best one since <laughs> ten. Yeah, Stone Cold turning heel. I was like, oh no, he's 
he's actually shaking Vince's hand. Actually, no. 13 was good. And I'm going to tell you why 13 was good. Because probably the one of the best, maybe for me, the best WrestleMania match I saw was Stone Cold against Bret Hart. Right. Double, the double turn in 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yep. looked like they were having a real fight. Yeah, that was good. And the last time I saw a real fight at, in wrestling was when Benoit fought um, Kevin Sullivan at the at Bash oh, of the Beach. They were kicking the shit out of each other. I think it was like I think it was like a couple of months before that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> that they they fought into the bathroom. They they fought yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they had some crazy fights. Those punches, those punches were real, and that's how Bret Hart and and Steve Austin looked like when they yeah. were fighting the crowd. The punches looked real. Yeah, it just. And they weren't even, it, it, they were so good, they weren't even really hitting each other. It was just, I was like, wow. Did, did you guys see the, that live Stone Cold podcast that he had with Bret Hart a couple, a few weeks back? No, I wanted to see that. But I, I have seen a podcast before where Bret Hart always talks about the one guy I wanted to always bring in is, was yes. Stone Cold. Yeah. He's always talking, he's always praising Stone Cold. Yeah. He said, he, and he told Austin in that one the same thing. He was like, that Vince was trying to bring in some new blood or whatever, and Brett was like, you know, why don't you bring in that stunning Steve Austin guy from WCW? I would love to work with that guy. He was like, he's in ECW right now, but he ain't gonna be there long. You, you know, scoop him up. You know what I mean? And they brought him in, and and uh, Bret Hart told him he was like, yeah, I'm the I'm the guy that 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 vouched for you for Vince to bring you in. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I you think know, the so- original plan was to have uh, at WrestleMania 14 have Bret Hart and. Um, Stone Cold battle for the title in a rematch from the prior yeah. WrestleMania. Because they, they wanted Brett to rematch Sean at 13 and have Brett beat Sean for the belt so they could they could do the trilogy match or whatever. But Sean didn't want to lay down for Brett and then he got he lost his smile and then he got his knee got hurt and then he left <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> so that's when they gave Brett Austin, which I think honestly, you know, I I, I would have I mean, what more can Brett and Sean do after having a 62-minute match the year before? I don't know what they would have done differently. I mean, we obviously saw it at Montreal a couple of years later, but that's a different story. Um, but I highly enjoyed uh, Austin and Hart. You know, the double turn. You had Ken Shamrock as the referee. You know, it was it was a dope match. It made the Undertaker and Sid Vicious at the main event look like complete dog shit. But, yeah. But um. But the match was, I mean, the match was insane. So, yeah, for uh, for last man standing, we're all uh, in agreement on Edge getting that yeah. W. Yeah, 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 for sure. Then we have Kevin Owens going up against the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. What do you guys see in that? Uh, Kevin Owens. I, I don't know. It's not really, for me, I'm not really drawn to this match. I don't know why. It's weird because it's like they have like a bitter, you know, crazy feud, but it's just a regular singles match, you know? Yeah, because I'm like, where's Samoa Joe? He was in this and all of a sudden he disappeared. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Didn't he get like suspended for like wellness policy or some shit? Maybe. Unless he's just not, unless he's just not performing because a lot of these guys are just staying home. They're they're pulling, they're pulling the reins and just staying home. So I, I agree. I think they'll give Owens the win. I mean, I don't know where where Rollins' gang of Buddy Murphy and, and AOP fit into this. 
if they're even going to be there. I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty with this mania. That, that's what makes it unique. Like, you have no idea who's actually going to be around. What can WWE pull out of the hat with, with the limited stuff that they have? Well, Sting. <laughs> Sting. Yeah. Sting, they so got Pull out all the stops, man, because it's under the circumstances. You got to give people a reason to. Because even if people aren't going to watch it, watch the live, even though it's not live, when it airs, if yeah. they do some wild shit, the replay value on it, you know, it'll be high. Yeah. You still get, you know, you still get the views. So if they if they pull out some crazy stops and if the quality of the match, I think the matches are going to be better than, you know, the last couple years of WrestleMania. That's the issue with Mania. It's like, you know, the hype and the spectacle is always dope, but there's only, like, one or two matches that are really like, oh, damn, that's that was a great match. But I think we're going to get a couple really, really good matches. The guys, there's no crowd. They don't have to pander to anybody. They just have to go and perform, and I think they're going to be at a peak. So I think that, yeah, they have to pull some some rabbit out the hat. Hopefully it's Sting, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've been saying I, I think you're right. I, th- I think I think they're gonna perform. I think there are some matches here that I'm looking at the at the at the schedule of matches, and I'm looking forward to like four or five of these matches. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think the consensus is we fucking want Sting. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like that for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Owens, barring no interference by any of Rollins's goons. I'm sure Seth is gonna give Kevin a great match. I don't. I want to say, did their paths cross in the Ring of Honor days? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think back, because Kevin Owens. Yes, Kevin, they did. They did. Ring of Honor recently posted on their YouTube page. Uh, I was they? thinking. That's what I was thinking. Did they have a fight? I was thinking it, but they did actually. Because I know when when Tyler Black was Ring of Honor champion, Kevin Steen had to be really young at the time. So I'm not sure. If if him and Generico, Sami Zayn, for all you people who don't know who Generico is, um, if 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 Kevin Steen was in Ring of Honor while Tyler Black was world champion already, but yeah, I guess they did. Um, I got to check that out later then to see what I'm gonna see on Sunday. <laughs> um, so up next on the docket we have the women's tag team championship, which will probably be a bathroom match. Um, we shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't discuss uh pre fight uh pre show fights. <laughs> <laughs> we got Asuka and Kyrie Sane, the Kabuki Warriors defending the tag team titles against Alexa Bliss and Mickey Cross. I'm gonna go with uh Asuka and, and Kyrie. I, I don't I don't really I mean I, I like me some Alexa Bliss, but nah. I I I'm good with that. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Um Intercontinental title. We got Sami Zayn, who will be accompanied by Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura going up against Daniel Bryan, who is being escorted by Drew Gulak, who happens to be like a, a wrestling, like like godfather figure now for Daniel Bryan, which is interesting. What do you guys think? I think this is going to be a good match. And I think Drew Gulak is going to turn on Daniel Bryan. Do you? Yeah. The five the five minutes I saw SmackDown today, I saw yeah. something there. <laughs> the five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I I looked at five minutes. My wife said, "Oh, this looks horrible without fans. How can you watch it?" I said, "You're right. I changed it." <laughs> but but before that, I saw Daniel Bryan jumping on Gulak's back, and Gulak had like a face like he was trying to wiggle him off. 
And I'm like, oh, he's gonna. This is a heel turn in the making. Yeah, they had a freaking dope match at the last pay per view, Brian and and Gulak before they got that like, uh, you know, respect for each other or whatever the case. Um, Drew Gulak has zero personality. He he reminds me of a of a modern day Dean Malenko, great in the ring but terrible character. Um, but uh, you know him teaming with Daniel Bryan for the past couple weeks, I I, I didn't mind it too much. Uh, Sami Zayn, who honestly, besides getting the belt in that you know weird fluky way over Braun Strowman with the three on one handicap match, he hasn't really wrestled technically one on one in a long time. Um, is he hurt? I think he is. He's been doing that manager thing for Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, but now maybe he's back to normal, which is why he's having that one on one with Daniel Bryan. And I think, like you said, between the two of them, they, they should have an amazing match. I mean, Sami Zayn is really good. Daniel Bryan is is a future Hall of Famer himself. So I think that's going to be pretty good. In terms of who's going to win, uh, I say Sami Zayn retains. Like you said, uh, I don't know if Drew Gulak turns, but if he does, then that's obvious. You know, I don't see Bryan. Wa- Either way, I don't see Bryan walking away with the IC title. There's been thoughts of him retiring for a second time. Um, obviously, with Brie Bella being uh, pregnant with his second child, um, he might take some time off after this. But I say Sami Zayn. Yeah. Yep. Next, for the Raw Tag Team Championship, we got the Street Profits defending. And uh, I'm actually glad Montez Ford is okay because he took a wicked bump on Monday. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, I did see that. <laughs> oh, you saw it? Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, it, was it like when, um, when uh, Matt Taven almost beheaded himself at that uh, pay per view. <laughs> no, but but he, I, was... I could see if he broke his back, I could see why. Um, he did a, he did like a plancha over the top, over the top rope to the outside, yeah. and Austin Theory did not catch him, and he hit the steel, boom, right on his. Yeah, back. that's that's what that's what. Um... Oh, that's what this guy did. Yeah, but he hit with his. He just barely missed his neck. He was gonna freaking Oof. decapitate himself. He hit right yeah. beneath the neck on the chest area. He almost died that night at um at um Ring what's that up uh, and um Manhattan Center. <laughs> what a place to crow, con the Manhattan Center. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the Street Profits going up against Angel Garza and Austin Theory for the tag team championship. Obviously, it was supposed to be Garza and Andrade uh, Cien Almas, but Cien Almas is injured. So we got the team of Garza and Theory. Um, Theory is a young dude. He's an up-and-comer. He's pretty good. Is he ready for a Mania match? Probably not, but they're trying to pull something out their ass, so they're teaming him up with Garza. Um, Izzy, are you familiar with Angel Garza? You know his uncle from WCW, Hector Garza, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know enough about him, not too much. He's young. He's not even 30. Yeah, yeah, he's a young kid, too. He's really good, though. That was wrestling with Laredo Kid in, in Impact yes. when um yeah. okay, right. he was known as Garza Junior in Impact. Yeah, okay. That um Jeff Jarrett. So this is one of Jeff Jarrett's guys then. Yeah, Garza. Yeah, he's one of Jeff Jarrett's kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, Garza's really good. I've I've been to a bunch of uh, NXT live shows at Full Sail for the past like few weeks before, obviously before this quarantine thing went on. But um. Yeah, Garza's good, man, and he's super popular with that crowd. He, but obviously, he's a heel on the main roster. And Austin Theory has had maybe one match on the main roster. So it's interesting that they chose Austin Theory for this. 
unless he was the only one available, to be honest with you. Maybe a lot of those NXT guys are quarantining themselves. I don't know. But uh, out of all the guys, they picked Austin Theory. Like I said, who's an up-and-coming star. He, he got the look. He's good in the ring. And he you know, he looks like him and Garza look like they're a tag team. So that, that works. But with that being said, I see the Street Profits keeping the belt. I don't think this makeshift tag team of Garza and Theory will get the belts right away. I highly doubt that. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. I think this is uh, this is just a filler. Yeah, I love but Bianca this... Belair, so I'm gonna pick the <laughs> for the love of Bianca Belair. The Street Profits will Bianca Belair. I'm picking on this as I don't know why, man. I just think she's dope, man. I, I think she needs a push. She's good. She's good, man. Believe me, I've seen her live a bunch of times for during NXT, which you can see your boy, you know, on USA or WWE Network, you know, the past couple episodes, you can see. Um, but Bianca, she's really good, man. You know what I mean? And she has it all. She's a good-looking chick. The D1 athlete, man. Division one athlete, man. Yeah, and she's really good in the ring. So, you know, and she's got that real ghetto character thing going. You know what I mean? She, she's dope. She's dope. Um then another tag team match, but it's going to be a tag team triple threat ladder match. You got the New Day, the Usos going after the Miz and John Morrison for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I'm going with Miz and Morrison. I'm looking forward for, to this match. I think this is going to be good. Morrison's going to show out, man. He's going to. Oh, yeah. And the Usos are going to dive on somebody. Yeah, and, and Kofi, then... Kofi will do some stuff too. Yeah. I, I, I think the Miz is gonna get dived on. I think yeah, exactly. uh, Biggie is gonna get some some sort of um what what Starship pain from like the roof to the table and to the crowd, yeah. mm-hmm. and then the Kofi is gonna do something. He's gonna walk yeah. on the on the on the steel cage, on the on the ropes on the ladder, and then jump to the to the ring uh to the ropes and then kick somebody in the head or some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what what a what a comeback to earth moment for Kofi Kingston, huh? What a what a difference a year makes. One year ago he was WWE champion. He got a raw deal, man. <laughs> Squash the shit out of him. Man. I, I thought his his championship reign was gonna be horrible, and it wasn't that bad actually. It was a little no, bit boring at, at the beginning, but then it got better. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, they gave him decent dudes to work with. He worked with Randy Orton. Um, yeah. worked with a couple of good guys, and then he walked into Brock Lesnar. It was like, come on, what what would you think it was gonna happen? Yeah, I I didn't <laughs> think it was gonna be that fast, but yeah. you know why? Because Fox wanted Brock. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. If not, yeah. Kofi probably would have had the title a little bit longer. The crazy shit about that is he beat Kofi for the belt and then went back to Raw. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was the point? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that made no sense. He kills Kofi in two seconds, gets the belt back. And then goes back to the USA Network. That makes no sense. Yeah, that, but, uh, that, that, that makes no sense. This is going to be a spot fest, though. I still say, even though New Day is still a thing or whatever the case, if Kofi would have still been champion around this time, the match would have been him and Big E. I still say they should have turned Big E and had Big E go after Kofi, and it, it should have been that. You know what I mean? But, you know, eh, New Day is still here. Biggie still ha- has the same problem as Bobby Lashley. They need to go and they need to something. They need to become a villain, like mm-hmm. hated, sort of like I'm not going to the extreme of New Jack, but go go near it. Don't go New Jack level because you don't want to become a criminal. You want to <laughs> go near it. You know what I mean? 
and, and it, especially Lashley, just be a villain. Well, well, if you remember, we all we all thought New Day was going to be the reincarnation of the Nation of Domination when right. we first found out. About it. But That's then when it de- when it debuted, it was this preachy gospel music, and 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 all this other craziness, and nobody knew what to think of it. And at first, if if everybody wants to go back in the history books, the New Day wasn't popular when it first came out. Oh. If anything, they were looking at releasing Xavier Woods and doing something with Big E because it wasn't doing good. It wasn't looking good. At least Kofi Kingston could just go back to the mid-card. But Big E was floundering. Xavier Woods, they had nothing for him. So they needed yeah, but Triple new H really likes Xavier Woods. For, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, mm, and me and Izzy used to talk about that a lot. Why? At the time, he was doing nothing. Yeah, he was. he was... Trash. I mean, what was that character he had in TNA? Uh, uh, oh, Consequences Creed. Yeah. He was an Apollo Creed ripoff, and then and then in WWE, he was piggybacking off of Brodus Clay, who had just gotten fired. Yeah, I yeah. always thought that they should have had one of them win the belt and them defend it with a revamp like Freebird rules. That's what I thought they should have done, but they never did that shit. No, like, they wanted to legitimize Kofi Kingston, and they were putting Kofi on this pedestal with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Stone Cold. Oh, no. I was like, oh, he no. had the belt one time. What has he? What has he done? Nothing. So why are you putting him on this pedestal? You're setting him up for failure. And guess what? It failed. It, I mean, he had a decent few month run, but then what they do? It's not like they did anything different and had him beat Brock Lesnar. No. They had him lose to Brock in 15 seconds. There you go. There, there's your great Kofi Kingston. Yeah, you know I mean, like he could wrestle, man. He, he's, he's good. On he's the watch, good. man. But I don't know. I think he'll be New Day for the rest of his career. I don't see them breaking this. They sell way too much merch, man. They sell yeah. way. They move too much merch. They can't That's separate true. those things. That is true. So yeah, I'm I'm going with Miz and Morrison um, to keep that. <clears throat> Up next, we have the first ever boneyard match. What, what is a boneyard match? I don't get it. Is that a graveyard match? You just call it a graveyard match. Yeah, it's, you know. I can't stand the Undertaker, man. What the fuck is a boneyard? You have Taker against AJ Styles, which uh, I'm sure Gallows and Anderson will be there too. Um, I mean, is it is it a lock to say the Undertaker, or can we think outside the box and find a way for AJ Styles to win Listen, this? Listen, here's a crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there. AJ and these dudes are beating the shit out of the Undertaker. He's about to win the match, and then you hear Crow do it. Oh, and Sting helps them out, and they fuck these dudes up, and then Undertaker and Sting just stare at each other, and that's the end of that. That'll be my dick will be so hard. <laughs> take, I'll take that because guess what? AJ doesn't lose, Taker exactly. doesn't lose, everybody's still okay, and we still get we finally get that stare down. That's it. That's all I need. I don't even need a match, bro. <laughs> no, no, it's it's two nights. You got to do the match on Sunday. You got to do the match on Sunday. The the, the Sting cool. Undertaker match. I would do I would do the same thing with the Crow, but what I would do is I would let AJ and maybe like 
the the OC would be like knocked out somewhere else, but AJ be in the grave. And when um I guess he's gonna throw dirt in there, right? So when he's gonna throw dirt, he's already won the match. But he's gonna throw dirt. You hear the crow, and then he gets hit on the back, boom, and then like Sting drags him, and he's like, "We're gonna do this now." Like like he says, "We're gonna do this tomorrow" or something like that. I don't know, hinting that it's gonna be the that like the next day, and then they'll have a match or something like that. Or you do the crow while Taker is about to win. And he gets distracted by the the crow, and he's like looking around, checking the rafters, and it, you know, whatever. And then AJ pulls off the the WrestleMania upset, and now it's like, oh, you cost me another loss, you know, yeah, and I have another yeah. loss. My Sting, Sting, Sting could take the loss. Sting will take the loss. He doesn't mind. Yeah. Or you could just end Taker's career the next day. Lose again because he's lost twice already. That whole sneak of the streak is long gone. He lost to Reigns. He lost to Brock. He can lose another Mania match. Now, I think he beats AJ, and then he loses to Sting. And then that's probably his, his swan song. Yeah. I yeah. I'll take I'll take that. Because the Undertaker could go bye-bye. I, 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 please. I thought he was done when he put the stupid hat and all that stuff and left it in the <laughs> ring and did all that other stuff. And then he wrestled the next Mania after that. I'm like, I please yeah. get yeah, oh, yeah, I, I agree with you that he beat Cena. Yeah, uh, and not for nothing. And and, and I know Izzy was kind of tight with that. I, I'm not the biggest Cena fan, but damn it, man, really, all that build up and hype and Cena's in the crowd. Oh, I, guess, I, I, I guess Taker's not coming. Blah 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 blah. I'm gonna be a fan tonight. All this other bull crap, and then Taker finally shows up, and it's a two minute match. Yeah, you that was stupid. A 16-time world champion that you people say is the greatest of all time, and you squash him in two minutes? And then you expect me to believe he's going to beat The Fiend. Oh. He better not beat The Fiend. They had Goldberg beat The Fiend in five minutes. Why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> oh, that all... Oh. That's the match I left out of my my list. Now that you mentioned the fiend, thank you. We have the fiend against John Cena. I'm looking forward to that. But I I want I'm if the fiend doesn't win, I I riot. <laughs> I riot in my own house <laughs> in quarantine. <laughs> A quarantine riot. <laughs> I'm gonna run to my kitchen. And then I'm gonna run back to my bedroom and scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think John Cena does the right thing, considering he's he's pretty much done. I think he's gonna take the fall for the fiend, especially he beat Bray Wyatt a few WrestleManias ago. Um, yeah, I think Cena loses this one. Yeah, yeah. Or at least he should. Let me put it that way: he should lose this one. <laughs> <clears throat> Cena has nothing else to prove. He has nothing else. Yo, he's the goat already, man. Like, start taking losses to these up, you know, these next generation guys, man. You're already solidified. Yeah, the greats. Like it or not, he's in, he's up there, up there. Like he's you go oh, top five. He's definitely top ten. Like he, he's the, bro. He's arguably Mount Rushmore. Arguably. Yeah, he's the Bruno. He's the Bruno of this generation. Yeah, yeah. take him off. I can't take him off. And I'm never, I've never been a John Cena fan, but not even when he was World Life. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely. I loved him as that. Yeah, yeah. I loved him as that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, I like that. Dope. 
Dr. Thugonomics was pretty dope. Well, yeah. I, yeah, then he became like the new Hulk Hogan, like a cheesier version of Hogan. I was like, ugh. And he that. never turned heel again, ever. Yeah, but when he did that uh, last year at WrestleMania, the Dr. Thugonomics, that got a yeah. pop. Yeah, People wanted that. They were like, yeah. Even I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, man. Was, that was his best moment, the Thugonomics. Dr. Thugonomics. But other yeah. than that. It's this washed up version of John Cena, this shell of himself, beats the most, like, like I said, the most popular character in WWE right now is that Fiend character who's supposed to be like Kane of 1997 and just indestructible. If John Cena beats that, then they might as well just send Bray Wyatt back to being Husky Harris at that point because it's like, come on. Like, this is garbage. So there's four matches left in this card and three of them are women's matches. Go figure. No, no, no. Sorry. There's five matches left and three of them are women's matches. Still, that's a lot. Um... We have a fatal five way for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You yeah, that's a that's a pre show match. <laughs> a, that's a bathroom. That's a bathroom break. <laughs> you have Bailey with her forty five year old lesbian haircut, um, going against defending the belt against Sasha Banks, Naomi, Lacey Evans, and Tamina Snuka. What? She's so garbage. Yo, they're trying to take opportunity of Dark Side in the ring because her dad's oh. story is gonna come out. Oh, she's so. Tamina's another one that just never had it. Like I don't understand. Like, it's what her body yeah. frame? She's 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 a big she's girl. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, she's not Nia Jax, but she's bigger than a lot of the other girls. But and she's not athletic either. She there's got nothing good about her. Yeah, she's not pretty. <laughs> she, she sucks. <laughs> she, she just sucks. And the thing is, how do you stick around when they find out your dad is a murderer and you still got a job? And Chris's son can't get a freaking interview. It's crazy. <laughs> That's that that kills me. That kills me. He's he's Ooh. a vic, he's a victim of the whole situation, and yet. Oh. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll 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 get into him in a second because that's gonna be that's gonna be a a, a piece in itself. But uh, I mean, just for shits and giggles, I'm gonna say Sasha Banks. I'm gonna just yeah. say Sasha Banks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. That's a that's that's a match. Uh, I don't even know if I'll even watch that match. It's then after that, for the NXT title, you got Charlotte Flair going for the NXT title against the Nightmare Rhea Ripley. Hopefully Charlotte carries the match. Yeah, I've seen. Matter of fact, I'll give her the title too. Screw that. I've I've seen Rhea live uh, a bunch of times. She's good. She's not great yet. I'm surprised they've given her this platform because she's still kind of you know. As long as it's not the main event of any of the nights. Last year's main event was horrible. They need to stop forcing it on people. That's whole social justice garbage. Just make you already have two main events: Lesnar and McIntyre and Goldberg and Strowman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I highly doubt any of those women's title matches, especially the way the Elimination Chamber went. That everybody shattered on that, and, and it's at no fault to Shayna Baszler, but but the match just wasn't good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> yes, yeah, she she looked Baszler's boring. 
she looked dominant, but like you said, and I got a theory about that match when that match is next. But um, I, I don't see Charlotte staying on the NXT brand. That's the only reason why I'm going to say Rhea Ripley defends. Yeah, I can see your point. Um, then the aforementioned Raw Women's title, you got Becky Lynch defending against Shayna Baszler. I'm not even I'm not even interested in this match. I'm gonna be honest with you. Ripley and Charlotte has my peak, you know, peaked my attention, but Lynch and Baszler, I'm like I I have a theory about this match, and I say Shayna Baszler gets the belt with the help of a returning Ronda Rousey. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I think we're yeah. going to see some surprises. There are going to be some people we haven't seen oh, in a there, while. There, there will be definite surprises. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Ronda Rousey has been out for over a year because she wanted she wanted to get pregnant, right? And we ain't had no news about no baby. Ain't been no little Travis Browns walking around, so... I thought she was pregnant. No, she's not? Nah, I don't think so. We that that would have been on some sort of news, at least the E channel or some bullshit. You know what I mean? But no, haven't heard nothing about Rousey. At the very least, you'll have Justin Duke and Marina Shafir from NXT help. Either way, one of those MMA chicks is gonna help Shayna Baszler get that belt. Then you get the the two main events for the world championships. I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman and Goldberg for the Universal title first. Um, obviously Braun Strowman is a replacement for Roman Reigns, which, ah, man, I don't know if this is worse or better. I, 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 <laughs> it's worse. It's if worse. Braun, I, I, Braun is bad like that. Huh? Braun is shitty like that, or it's just about Goldberg? I think it's more Goldberg than Braun. Okay. Um, I think I think Goldberg would have had a better match with Reigns than because Braun. You're putting him with another big guy, and it's like... Yeah, that's going to be a quick one. That's going to be a five-minute match. <laughs> that's going to be a quick one. Yeah, yeah it is. Bro, Goldberg is not jackhammering Braun Strowman. Mm. There's no way he's pulling that off. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. He was struggling to lift Brock Lesnar. He is not going to lift Braun Strowman. Braun is like 350. There's yeah, no he's a way. big guy. He's a big dude, man. There's no way he he gets him up there. No way. I don't see it. I don't see how Goldberg could win this match. The way they they could have had ten minutes with uh, Roman Reigns, but with Braun, yeah. can't five. get that far. Five, if that. And yeah, there's no way. I say no I say way. Braun squashes Goldberg. I would love that, and I love. I love Goldberg, but doesn't I mean you know his legacy? But I don't know shit about what he's doing now. But the Braun is—they say Braun is three eighty-five. There is absolutely <laughs> no way Goldberg gets him up for that jackhammer. No way. Yeah, it's not happening. And if he not beats this version of Goldberg, that shit is no. trash. Yeah, not this old Goldberg. No, back in nineteen ninety-six, ninety-seven. Yeah, but not now. Yeah, in 96, he would have hoisted him up and held him up there for a little bit. <laughs> no, no, no way. No way. Yeah, I say, honestly, Braun gets that belt, and I say Braun becomes a heel after this. I don't think Braun stays babyface. Uh, and then he'll I drop think I, the title to Reigns, unfortunately. Yeah, he will. Oh. There you go. Oh. There you like, go. like I said, like I said, I... 
I can differentiate the two. I'm ha- I'm happy that Joe Anawahi got over his cancer and 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 glad and glad he's healthy and all that stuff and all power to him. But the Roman Reigns character can kiss my ass. I hate that. I I can't stand it. So bad, man. Never been a fan. Never. Even when he was with the Shield in the beginning, when he didn't speak, I was like, all right, cool. I like this. But then he started to talk, and 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 all of a sudden they made him into this super juggernaut, and I was like, I don't see it. I've never saw it, and I still don't. I don't know why they didn't just make him a heel. I don't know why. They're thinking of him in The Rock for next year. Oh, God. I would I would like to watch that. Yeah. His cousin will eat him alive on the mic. Oh my God! Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be. I yeah, but 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 in that instance, then you do want to see Roman Reigns win as a heel. He just doesn't have to say anything. Just let The Rock promo him the whole way, and just give him that animosity. And he just says, "I've always hated you," and just just tear him <laughs> apart. You know what I mean? You could you could make something about that. You know? Yo, I remember one time him and Cena had a match. And the build-up Cena buried him so deep oh, yeah, into yeah. the ground. He torched him. And that Cena, imagine the rock. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I would let the rock go at it on him deep, deep. And I would let him like just attack him behind the scenes. Like just attack him. And then Rock just keep Yo, digging at him. He needs the Hollywood rock that went against Hogan in 2003. Like he needs he needs that heel rock that that beat Stone Cold that mania. Like he needs that rock to go at him. Like oof. Like he'll tear him apart, man. On the, on the mic, he'll wreck him. And then Roman will win the match, which unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> but the build up will be there and you could see them beat meeting him because the build up. It's all about the build up, you know. It's as as tiny as NWA is, they do a good job building up. But That's- um AEW is trying to learn how to do that, but WWE was always keen at that. But they just have lost their way somehow. Yeah. So uh so we're we're all in agreement with Braun. <sighs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. I really don't want to see champion. You never know because the way they the way they push 55-year-old Goldberg is like he's more unbeatable now than he was in 2003 when he was still young. And he was losing to Triple H. And he was using losing to these guys. But now at his older age, I guess he he found the, the fountain of youth. Uh, I don't know. Well, all of a sudden, something, he's unbeatable now. Must, yes, some, he must be on Vince's good side or something out of nowhere. Yes, for now. Um, <laughs> and then, which I think will be the main event, the main event, uh... Drew McIntyre challenging Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. I think this is going to be good, and I think they get a good 10, 15 minutes out of this. I think they could pull out maybe even 20 minutes out of this. Yeah. But I think I think they – they I, and it, it, those kicks just look real. Then yeah. Brock works Once, real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Drew is bigger than Braun Strowman. Everybody thinks Braun Strowman is the bigger guy, but Drew actually is bigger than Braun Strowman. You know, when, when they did a promo last year for WrestleMania, when they were standing next to uh, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon, yeah. and I saw the promo, and I saw Drew McIntyre was like an inch taller than Braun, and he just like had a bigger wingspan. I said, oh, my God. I said, that's oh, the guy Pat. who should be the champion. Uh, McIntyre, McIntyre's a massive dude, bro. Uh, I mean, from the time when he was in 3MB, he was big, but he wasn't that big. 
and then he went to TNA for a while and then did his thing that's there. When, that's when it happened. That's when he kind of swolled up a little bit, and then he came back, and he was just a monster. He was like, doing oh, that British that British wrestling, that WC yeah. whatever, and then he went to TNA. He was just like, I was like, so some good steroids right there. <laughs> I'll tell you this. What a comeback story for freaking Drew McIntyre, huh? Because, yeah, right? I mean, from the looks of it, Honestly, I mean, like I said, I didn't read any spoilers because it happened already. I didn't, I didn't look. But as far as I may know, he may be WWE champion right now. You know what I mean? I hope so. Um, and I think he will be. I think Brock will give him the nod. I think uh, it's believable. Think about it. It's believable. It doesn't take anything away from Brock Lesnar to lose to Drew. No, 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 no. Not only that, think of the angles they could go. If Vince McMahon wanted to come back on TV... I always believed in you, Drew. I always anointed you the chosen one. Remember, he was the chosen one like 15 years ago. And he could just come out and make himself an align with him. And then all of a sudden, you could give Drew a, a heel turn under the McMahon regime. Oh, Hold on. Oh. Hey, before that, I have an idea. And you know what? It's going to be weird, probably. And a lot of people are going to be like, really? You'll do that? But you know what I'll see for Drew McIntyre's first feud? Gender Mahal. Yeah, Check that can work. Check this out. Have Drew McIntyre in the ring, you know, celebrating his title win. Like, let's say he he beat Lesnar a second time. Let's just let's just say that. And it's Raw the next night, and he's celebrating. Oh, I've made it from the bottom. I made it from three and B to here. Blah blah blah. Well, guess what? He wasn't the first one to win the WWE title as a comeback from doing that. You have Jinder Mahal managed by Heath Slater. Split. Put it like that. And have him come out and be like, you know, you weren't the first to have a major comeback or whatever. I was the first one to do it, and I was a multi-time champion, and I'm better than you are. I've always been better than you, and I could prove it. And then have them feud for the WWE title for a, for a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be yeah, a long... for a couple of pay-per-views, a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. And we haven't seen Jinder Mahal in a long time. But you know what? I've seen pictures of him working out. He's probably just as big as Drew McIntyre is right now. You know why it makes sense what you said? Because he's probably going to appear at, at WrestleMania. Gronk is going to um, basically, he's going to basically put over Gronk on a like quick little scrim, right? Where yeah. Jinder Mahal probably takes a, a fall, or whatever, here and there. And then the next day, he's going to try and redeem himself. Like, so that's like his reward. Like, we'll give you a title match. Yeah. You and take the fall, beat him down or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it wouldn't be expected. You know what I mean? And and from the second that they gave Drew Lesnar in the back of my brain, I was thinking, I was like, they'll give him the belt. So in the back of my head, I was already thinking of his first feud. And for some reason, Jinder Mahal was going through my brain the whole time, bro. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, huh. And I thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, that makes sense. We haven't seen him in a long time. And, you know, like I said, he wasn't the first member of 3MB to make a comeback and become world champion. However, Heath Slater will never have that opportunity because he never left WWE. He stood. He collected the checks. He stood. And you know what? It's probably he has eating to pay for his inside. kids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was always a comedic character that nobody really took seriously. You know? But let him be a manager of someone else that they took seriously for a cup of coffee. Because before Jinder Mahal became a joke again, they took him seriously. They gave him the belt. You know what I mean? So while we feed He's living through a returning Jinder Mahal and going after Drew McIntyre. You know what I mean? But, you know, and it let's makes see sense. 
Because you can then put Brock Lesnar to go back after Braun Strowman, especially Braun Strowman squashes Goldberg, where he's yeah. like, oh, I face Goldberg. He's like, and then they, they, they feud again because over the whole Goldberg angle, then you could probably make a three-way. And here's the thing. The, the Raw after Mania, we always have a random debut. We always have somebody that we didn't think would come into the company come in. There's always surprises. Me and Izzy went to the Raw after Mania that Fandango became a thing. You know what I mean? We were there. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that was a fun time, and that was unexpected. Nobody thought Fandango was going to be anything. But we, hell, that New Jersey crowd made him a freaking star for a short period of time. And now, you know, he's injury-prone and wrestles on NXT after, after 10 years. Yeah, they, if, if they could strip, a, strip away the Fandango character and give him something else, a better gimmick, I think he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he is. Yeah, oh, he yeah. is. Yeah, he's good. It's the gimmick that kills him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but look at someone like EC3. He's just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. You know what I mean? And I've seen yeah. videos on his Instagram. He's working out like a maniac, and he looks like a freaking juggernaut right now. You know, that's a that's a guy that they've done nothing with that is seemingly AEW bound, probably. Unless he's just content with, with collecting the checks. A lot of those guys are content with just sitting and making money. You know? I mean, hell, that's like in 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 I mean, Izzy would understand this in basketball terms when Knicks signed Jerome James for yeah. six years for like eighty million dollars and never made it to the court. Just he got... sat there and collected. So they that had money. a contract that was worse than Allen Houston? Didn't know that. I guess, yeah, they did. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> he had one good playoff game as a member of the Sonics, and the Knicks took him right away. Give that man fifty-six million, man. <laughs> and never made it to a game. He sat on the bench. Nothing. Nothing. How many? Fifty-six or eighty? Wow. I think it was. Yeah, it was more than fifty for sure. It was up there. It, they gave him a ton of money for an unproven. He was nothing. He didn't do anything. He had one good game against, I guess, I think the Spurs as a member of the Supersonics. And the Knicks were like, oh, let's get that guy. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, so that's the that's the mania card. Um, so we all we're all down with, with McIntyre, or do we have any Brock? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think he's 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 the good fit. It's time to give him the belt. You could put Brock Lesnar back on SmackDown. I think it works. Yeah. So that's the that's the mania card. Once again, I don't know what matches are going to be on Saturday and what matches are going to be on Sunday, but um, it, it, honestly, it could be the, the considering the circumstances, it could probably be an underrated mania by the time it's done with. Um, now, before we we finish off with with Dark Side of the Ring, um, just real quick on the AEW side, a couple of weeks back, the broken Matt Hardy gimmick made its debut on, Imp on, uh, I almost said impact. Wow. That's where it was born, but, um, <laughs> made its debut in AEW feuding. First feud is going to be with the former La Champion, Chris Jericho. Um, <laughs> and, um, Brody Lee, AKA Luke Harper is the exalted one and the leader of the dark order faction that they have over there. Um, and also, uh, this guy, uh, what's his name, Sam? That's with Jake Roberts. Uh, Lance Archer. Lance Archer had his debut last week, yeah. Yep, made his debut last week. And he is the protege of Jake the Snake Roberts, who is now a manager in AEW now. Um, so, I mean, with all, the, with all the recent signings that AEW did, 
I mean, obviously, two of them are ex-WWE guys, and uh, Lance Archer came over from New Japan. Um, Sam, more Sam, because uh, you haven't watched much AEW lately, right? No, no, no. So, um, do you think, like, are they going to start doing that trend that a lot of other companies do, and just when WWE guys become available, they just scoop them up? I hope not. I hope... I hope it's not like some old legacy wrestlers where Impact just took um when they were TNA they took all the old WWE guys. Yeah. Um Book see, see if they take the revival, that's fine. They could take the revival. That that's fine. They're still young, they're still good. Um, but other than that, there's really no no one else. You know, a lot of it is just speculation from a lot of the fans who just want to make up stuff because they think it's their product, you know, but it's really, you know, it, it's who can they get and who can they agree with, you know? And, yeah. and there, there's, there's talent out there. Um, there's talent out there. It's just, it's, it's just, I'm still waiting for the day that Sinclair um, sells freaking RH to NWA and then backs them with their billions of dollars to see what happens there. But yeah. other than that, there's talent, you know, and, and I'm also hoping for Impact to just die already. And then you have all that time, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we've been saying that for fifteen years, man. It's crazy. When you well, have, I mean, it's unbelievable man, champion. Have, it's just crazy. They have a they have Tessa Blanchard. Who listen? I I, I love me some Tessa Blanchard. Okay, I, I think she's really good. I think she's a good looking chick. Um, but the thing is, she's their heavyweight champion. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. yes. Not the women. Not the women's champion. She's the heavyweight She's champion. The heavyweight champion. <laughs> and to become the contender, she beat cleanly. She beat what's his face? Brian his Cage. Face. No. And, and that just diminished Brian Cage. She beat Sammy Callahan. Then she beat Brian Cage. Oh yeah, dude. And she's defending the heavyweight belt against other women. <sighs> yeah. I don't even watch Impact. That's how that's how insulting it is to me. It's like you really want me to believe that this 135 pound woman is gonna beat this 250, 275 pound freaking athletic beast of Brian Cage, who was your heavyweight champion. All of a sudden he just rose over and it you just you just gave a slap to every guy in that you every guy just took it a downgrade. Because of that, and it wasn't even like a huge downgrade. It's like a, a not not a small downgrade. It was a huge dump of a downgrade. Like somebody just shit it all over the company. Oh, it, it was a big old shit sandwich, as I used to say back in the day. But um, but <laughs> but um, but but the crazy thing is, I understand what they tried to do. I mean, but no, no, it it just this no, it just doesn't work. Okay, they're trying to capitalize on this whole Me Too movement. Exactly. They're trying to cap. They're trying to capitalize on the way the world is nowadays, where anybody could do anything. All this other stuff. But guess what? If you want to sit there, those are the same people that are gonna be like, "Oh, but wrestling's not real." Then why the hell are you treating it like if it's the way people are seeing the world now? If it's an alternate universe, if the pro wrestling is an alternate universe, right, and it's just entertainment and all that stuff. Why? How would anyone on TV buy, like like Sam said, a, a girl who at most weighs 140 pounds beating someone like Brian Cage? No way. 
No freaking way. You know what I mean? This is not Jennifer Lopez in the movie enough that she learns some some karate moves and all of a sudden she could defend herself against some bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, no, this is pro wrestling. And it's like, oh, that means Miss Elizabeth could have beat Macho Man Randy Savage back in the day if she was sick of his uh, sick of his being uh, abusive toward her and, and storyline purposes and all that stuff. Would anyone have believed that Elizabeth could beat Macho Man Randy Savage? Hell no. You know what I mean? So come on, man. I don't get it. Not you even know, Sensational Sherry, who was no. a wrestler, yeah. who would beat Hulk Hogan or no. beat freaking Bam Bam Bigelow. It 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 kills yeah. me because it's like it's like putting a matter of fact, it's like putting Sherry against Scott Steiner, the developed muscular one. No. So yeah. it, it, it you really you take all the reality. You have to still have a sense of reality in wrestling. Because That's like those are real bumps. As good as Charlotte Flair is, right? And we could all agree that she's probably the best in the business, probably right now. Is it believable that Charlotte could beat Brock Lesnar? No. No. Yeah, and, and you know who's learning from this? ROH with that Maria Manic. Put her in a, in a battle royal. They're trying to sell us this uh, lady as this big beast of a woman. And what does skinny Teddy Hart do, do, does? He just beats the living crap out of her. And yeah. not only that, you are promoting domestic violence. You are promoting yep. because if you're really saying, oh, equal and a man could beat a woman, you're going to get into the mind of people that, you know what? Oh, I could beat them. You know, she won. And, 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 and people do mix reality with fiction. And, 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 and uh, she's, somebody's going to get hurt like that little girl did with that boy back in the 90s where that young 14-year-old was playing wrestling for 10-year-old and, and killed her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it, you're promoting these intergender matches, promote domestic violence and violence against women. And if you're really me too, then you know what? You're really full of shit if you like intergender matches because you yeah. promote that. And and that's why they kill me when they they come with their garbage. Oh, you know, they, they, in intergender matches. Oh, Tessa should be the champion. She deserves it. No, no one deserves it. It's a oh, no. scripted show. It's not what we want. It's what we should, should think it's real or what we're gonna give heat to. I think I think I think this society just wants instant gratification and it just kills me. <laughs> like, you you know what was the best intergender match in my opinion, and they did it correctly because it was actually believable. Beulah McKillicuddy and Bill Alfonso. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna say Jeff Jarrett China, and China. And China. Well, China even that, because as big as China was I'm sure someone with the wrestling ability of Jeff Jarrett, who was still bigger than her, could probably take her out in a few minutes. Uh, nothing, you know. Uh, you know Sean, Sean Waltman used to beat her in real life. Yeah, and Sean Waltman's not a big guy. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> okay, it's just, it, it shows you the reality of it. But yeah, you know you what? Be- Leading to the pinfall, he would beat the crap out of China every week. I remember screaming at the TV like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then yeah. he, he took the pin. Because he took, <laughs> he got the money. The, the thing is, like, like with with ECW, you know, Beulah Beulah was a, a a small chick. She was maybe about a buck fifteen or whatever. But Bill Alfonso wasn't big, wasn't that much bigger. Yep. Bill Alfonso was a skinny little referee. Wasn't about like 140, 150 pounds, if that, because he was a tiny guy. You know what I mean? So so it was believable letting Beulah probably slam him or throw him around or whatever. He wasn't a wrestler. Like, he wasn't Taz. It, it, back in do- those days, he was managing Taz. If Beulah would have went against Taz, she would have got broken half. You know what I mean? He so, was, he's, 
I'm looking at his billing. He was listed as five foot ten, 160 pounds. Alfonso? Yeah. Wow. He didn't look that big. Well, it, I mean, and I mean, and he had to be a little bit thinner than 160 pounds. Yeah, especially if he was that tall. I don't think he was that that wide or that heavy. Um, but still, they they did it the right way, and and they used weapons and all that. That was an actual fight. And the funny thing is, Paul Heyman said that saved his job because he was stooging guys off the WCW. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, the whole intergender thing. You know, the, there's a there's a fan base for that. I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? But but to be the world champion, that I I crossed, I I stop at, I stop with that line from there because it's like you're just really going overboard, almost to the point of Joey, J, J, is it not Joey Janela? Uh, Joey, what's his name again? <laughs> Joey Ryan flipping people with his dick is like, oh, that's on. just stupidity. He's just, I I can't stand him. I can't stand. Yeah, him. that's just. You know, you know, I I respect. Um, I've always liked Eli Drake, but I respect him because the reason he got fired was because he refused to, to lose to Tessa. He said, oh, no, he, uh, he said that's not something that's yeah. going to help my career. It's going to yeah. going to do more bad. You know, that's not something I'm interested in. Which he kind of suggested. You know, it's, you know, domestic violence. You know, my wife or my girlfriend, whatever it was. He was trying to like say that, like I'm not going that route. And then they fire him for that. And then Disco took the job and. For nothing. Yeah, that, I mean, like I said, Tessa's good. She's a great women's. Comp- she's a great wrestler. I, uh, she's a great wrestler, but she's not to be the men's world champion. No. Okay, you got you got Jordan Grace over there as your women's champion. Have her feud with Jordan. Okay, they can have some good matches. Yeah. Don't come on, man. Enough. Yeah, and like they're killing. Good. They're killing that kid. What's the What's the kid um, over there? That's the uh, he reminds me of Austin Theory. He's like, um, oh, Ace, the, Ace Austin, right? That's yeah, Ace Austin. He had so much potential when I first saw him. Now all of a sudden, I, I'm hearing and and hearing on the on the dirt sheets that she's been fighting him and um, Morrison's wife in three way battles. I'm like, come on. I heard um I heard WWE signed Taya. I don't know how true true that is, but I heard uh I heard I WWE so. was bringing for her. In. I hope for her sake. I hope so. I mean, so. you figure you figure Morrison, you know, he's back in the company. I would assume he had brought his wife with him, but she still stuck over there. I mean, it, I, I mean, mean, she was on honestly, the contract longer. Honestly, that video that I sent you from last week with TNA, yo, is I have to send you this video. It is the craziest bullshit you will ever see, and awesome. impact. Oh, it is so bad. It. It, impact it's, needs to it's die. Almost, it's almost Katie Vick bad in terms of really? in terms of what they tried to do. It is so stupid. Okay. Long story short, we'll jump into to Dark Side of the Ring and then we'll call it a night. Um they had they had Sinister Sinister Minister, Father James Mitchell has been back there. So um so he had one of the girls, I think Jessica Havoc or whatever, and 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 Sue Young, who's known as the Undead Bride, and there's uh, like alternate dimensions and all this other bullshit. So they're fighting each other or whatever, and he sends them to like another universe, another dimension. And then they come back, they find their way back into the regular realm or whatever, and they murder him. Like he gets killed. They stab him, and he dies. He he literally, he dies. Then his soul... <laughs> 
His soul goes to what we assume is heaven, and he sees Abyss, who works for WWE, by the way, so this has to be another guy in a mask. He sees Abyss because that's his son in, in TNA. If you remember the history of Abyss, he's Abyss's father. Um, he sees right. him, sees Doves, all this other stuff, and it ends with him saying, who booked this shit? And then it goes to black. I was like, what? What are they doing? I, I don't I don't know, man. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I'm going to send that video to you so you can revel in that yourself. <laughs> Please do. It's really bad. <laughs> it's, you, you're going to be mad that you saw it. I was mad that I saw it. I said, why did I watch this shit? It was so <laughs> bad. So bad. It, 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 it was like what Sam said earlier. They tried to do like a Lucha Underground type thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was, it did not work. It was terrible. So... <laughs> So with that being said, we're we're gonna end the night with with some talk of Dark Side of the Ring second season. Uh, the first two episodes highlighted the life and death of Chris Benoit, his wife Nancy Benoit, aka Woman, and his son Daniel. And the third episode consisted of the 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 crimes of New Jack. I think was the name of <laughs> of that episode. But um, first off, with the Benoit ones, um. They broke it off into two parts. Honestly, um, besides some small details here and there, it wasn't nothing I didn't already know, but was there anything that you guys saw that you didn't know about this story to begin with? I didn't know he was so heartbroken about the Eddie thing. That that was a little bit, to me, concerning because I always thought, and I, I was always convinced that it had nothing to do with steroids. I always said it's mental health and probably some brain damage, which ends up being CTE. Yeah. And CTE, when you have CTE, it's it's like the damage from it. It's it's like taking drugs over a long period of time and having dra- damage from drugs. You know, where drugs can actually, if you take the wrong drug, can can, can mess up your chemical balance in the brain. Because remember, that's where. When you know when people get high, they they get the dopamine from there, right, and the protein that comes out from there. So it's yeah. like it fills those cavities. So it's sort of similar to that. So it 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 could be like how drugs can drive somebody crazy, but road rage is short term. So road mm-hmm. road rage is a lot of short term spurts of anger, badging, breaking things. You're not gonna premeditate, and then start looking at the Bible, and then losing your mind write things and then the next day you kill your son after killing your wife and the way you killed her you broke her back and then you yeah. go and you stab your kid and then you go and plot two days later to hang yourself but you like telling people in the in, in the interim um yeah they're sick and you're making them some excuses it, 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 it no one in their right mind if if they're sane is not it's just not road rage it's just not roid rage so it's just I knew from then and there it confirmed what I thought about it. It was CTE and mental health issues. That's that's really what it came down to. Bottom line, like something triggered with that Eddie Guerrero thing. It triggered him because that was probably like his longest friend, his, like almost like his brother, and he was like, "I'm alone now." Or maybe, maybe something along those lines. But yeah, you know, maybe it has something to do with Art Bar because they weren't they all friends. Art Bar, Eddie Guerrero. Well, well, Art Bar was more of more of Eddie's friend than than Chris. I don't think he had really anything to do with Chris because I don't remember Chris ever working in Mexico uh, for the most part. He may have, but <clears throat> but, but didn't Art, Art was Bar go to Japan? No, 
maybe. I remember he had a short stint in WCW, but but that was before Benoit. Um, yeah, he was more Eddie's because him him and Eddie were supposed to go to ECW together as Los Gringos Locos, which is what they were in in in, in Mexico. Um, but Art Bar died right before Eddie went off to ECW. So when Eddie went to ECW, um, Chris was there, Dean Malenko, um, Saturn was already there, a couple other guys. Um, but um, but yeah, man, he he took that he took that way too much, like to the point where he was more hurt than Eddie's probably own wife or or the kids or whatever, because he'll be laying in their house and sitting there crying in front of Vicky and Vicky almost had to console him, which is kind of bugged out. Yeah. For him to be sleeping on the bed on, on Eddie's side and continuous, continuously crying. That was uh, disturbing. Sad. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I didn't know about the actual act itself. Like I didn't know that he like broke the broker back or whatever. I just thought, yeah. It was like, a, you know, kind of like a strangulation or a suffocation or whatever. And the cop said that, like, he rolled her up in a rug or, or some crap like that and left her on the ground. I was like, holy shit. Like, like re- reports before never mentioned that. Like, they just mentioned, like, a suffocation and left her on the bed with a Bible by her side. And there was a knife for Daniel as well like I thought Daniel was just suffocated supposedly original reports were Daniel was injected with drugs and then suffocated but yeah. then there was a large knife under his bed what so he stabbed his kid like what the hell like uh, there was a lot of details about the actual acts themselves that weren't mentioned before that they mentioned here which is probably the only thing I didn't really know um yeah, man, but but like you said, Void Rage doesn't last the whole weekend. Yeah, I mean, it lasts maybe what fifteen, maybe fifteen twenty minutes of pure anger and rage, but it doesn't but last not that four long. or five days. That was just too long. Yeah, I think it was like four days or something. That was just for me. I was like, mm, this doesn't sound right. But you know what else was interesting? What Jericho said about um, when uh, William Regal went to speak about um, Chris Benoit. And how yeah. he didn't say, oh, I miss you. He said, you know, he was the hardest worker. Like the way he said it. And Chris Jericho said, you know what? Something's Regal wrong. lives not too far from him. Something's wrong. Yeah, he said Regal lived in the same county that he was. So he knew a lot about the marital problems that they had and and the abuse and all that other stuff. That he knew something was off about them. And when that happened, I guess he wasn't surprised. And that showed in his, uh, you know the words that he gave. Um, so, so is, was there anything that you found out on this thing that you didn't know before? I mean, we, everything was hearsay. I, I vividly remember um, me and you being in, in our buddy Gabriel's apartment and we're watching, I don't remember the pay-per-view, but it was supposed yeah. to be CM Punk versus Chris Benoit. And that was yep. the match that we were looking most forward to. And CM Punk comes out, and I don't remember who Benoit's replacement was. It was John Morrison. Okay. <laughs> so it was John Morrison. And then we were like, what? You know, like, what the hell? So then we find out the next night that, you know, Benoit passes away. Like, oh, shit. You know, it sucks. Whatever, whatever. But it, it was all, you know, hearsay. We didn't know what happened. We didn't. So the fact that he, I didn't know that he 
killed woman and then a couple days later or you know the next day killed his son um the whole leaving the bible next to his kid or himself whatever wherever he left the bible thing was weird it's just a tragedy you could really see him crumbling once eddie passed away i think that was i think eddie was like his the person that kept him accountable, you know, that kept him in check. Yo, how you doing? And is everything okay? You know, somebody that was in the business with him day in and day out. It was his best friend. Um, I think that the loss of Eddie and the severe brain damage. I mean, the, the amount of CTE this guy had, it causes people to do, you know, fucked up things, man. I mean, Aaron Hernandez is an example. Junior Seau is an example. I mean, this is probably the most extreme case that you're gonna see, you know, killing your own, your own. Um, but it's it's unfortunate, man, because if you've never, you know, for the listeners, if you never got to see Chris Benoit, I mean, he was incredible, man. He was quiet, he didn't say much, but when he came out with that vest, that leather vest with the four on his tights, I was like, damn, who is this dude? Like that was my first. I remember him first in WCW. I think it's Pegasus. Maybe he was Benoit. He had, like, blue tights. He didn't have pants on yet. He had just the blue regular tights. And I was like, damn, this dude can go. Like, he's something different about this guy. He was just like a, a you know, no pun intended, but he was like a killer in the ring. He was a, an assassin. And then, I don't know, it sucks, man. It, it really is sad. And the more sad shit about it is the son, the oldest son. He became, yeah, yeah. like, you know, the scapegoat. And they just, it, it sucks, man. I didn't know, I mean, I knew, you know, Jericho, you know, from back in the day, but I, it's great to see, you know, somebody of Jericho's caliber still involved in his kid's life and still being there for him. It it, it really is a shitty situation what happened to that kid, man, because he had nothing to do with that shit. He wasn't even in the house. Like, he was, he was, he wasn't even woman's son, you know, like, it, yeah. it, it sucks. And and can you imagine if if David was there? Maybe he would have suffered the same fate as his little brother. Yeah. You know, or maybe he was old enough to try to, you know, to stop him mean or something, you know, something. But yeah, it, it is it is a tragedy, for lack of a better word. It, it does suck. I think it's the worst. I mean, the wrestling has a lot of these dark stories, you know, from uh What's the dude that got stabbed up in PR? Um, uh, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody, oh, and, and and you know like stuff like that. But this one, to ki- the the kid shit and, and the wife, you know, and you see that woman was like, you know, because when we remember woman, she was always like stoic. She always had like a bitch face, you know, and she was just like, oh, that's the bad bitch, you know. But to see her smiling with Vicky Guerrero and being like a happy, normal person, you never got to see that side of her, and it's like, damn, he really killed this nice, you know, this, this person, this sweet person. He was like a sweetheart, you know? And then yeah. looked just like him, both of his kids. I mean, this dude's genes were crazy. Um, oh, man, the kid, they look just like Benoit, just bro. Like Unbelievable. Him. Yeah, man, it, it's, it sucks, man. It, it really... Yeah, it's... being a parent of, of two kids myself, and, and you know, we all I got kids here. I, I, I can't imagine taking my own child I can imagine strangling his mother. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. <laughs> nah, man, but I, I can't imagine, bro. I can't. Nah, yeah. 
Imagine that little kid falls and I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, what the hell? You know, what happened? Like, I want to, you know, I can't imagine, bro. I can't. It's like, uh, like a child that looks just like you and, and yeah, you look yeah. into that child's it's, eyes and take it's, it's away. brain damage, man. It's brain damage. That and he um, just snapped. I think he just snapped. He rocked. Yeah, he just lost it. Uh, I mean, and the thing is, I remember one interview that New Jack had, who we're going to talk about next. Um, he was, it was a shoot interview with New Jack, Honky Tonk Man, and Iron Sheik. It was like a weird group of dudes together. And and New Jack was talking about Benoit, and he was like, yo, Nancy was a friend of mine. And, 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 and this motherfucking coward, you know, killed Nancy and killed this kid. If you, you know, just hit the bitch. If you got a farm with her, you know, knock her around a little bit, but don't kill her. He was like, I've knocked around a bunch of bitches in my lifetime. I ain't killed no bitch. He was like, he was, <laughs> he was like going off. Great. He was like, pissed off. I wish I was there. I, I let Benoit come to me with that crazy shit. He was like, you know, like. <laughs> but, crazy is Benoit also had a daughter. He has a daughter. Had. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So they're older. The daughter didn't come out in the documentary. No, she doesn't she, want to be noticed or seen at all. She's, she I, I was just looking online right now because I was looking at his kids because I remembered them saying um when the woman's sister was talking about the two living kids, she was talking about the son and daughter, about David and Megan. So I was just looking it up right now because I know David's in his mid twenties. So I said, or early twenties. I think they're the same age. I think she's it's it's about the same. It's it's just crazy. But I'm just happy, like like as he said, that Jericho and 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 Chavito is is in the kid's life, and and you know they they brought Hitten and and Nancy's sister together, and they had that moment together, which which looked like a good ending to this terrible horrible story. You know what I mean? Like, and they, she never threw that whole thing. She never blamed the kids, which is great that she never blamed the kids or never. Saw that they were she's a problem. Her nephew, like she still was like, oh, you know, and and she was talking about the 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 his daughter too. So yeah. she may not have come out on TV, but they may have a relationship too. Yeah, which is so good. It's good for yeah. them. They need they all those people need that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, but but, but if if David Benoit ever wanted to be a wrestler, uh, no one would hire that kid. You know? He can't go in as a Benoit, and 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 even um. What's his face? Even Jim Cornette was talking about it. He was like, you can't use the name. I could see him coming in, but you can't use the name. The problem is everybody knows who he is. He looks just like him. And that's fine. That's you think fine. Those, those crowds, especially those indie crowds, aren't going to yell Benoit's name? They're going to call yeah, him out. they're going to be like, assholes. Of course they yeah. are. You know? It, it just, like you said, Benoit messed up a few lives doing that. You know what I mean? And, and it's like woman's sister said. If he wanted to kill himself, just kill yourself. Don't take everybody else with you. He did a very selfish thing. He took woman, he took his son, and then he took his own life because, well, he was afraid to go to prison. Like, eh, what, you know, come on, man. Like, I don't know. It was just crazy. It was just I crazy think David thing. could could wrestle. And I think AEW is trying to find a way to fit him in. The thing is, make him a masked wrestler. Why That's not? It. That's the best way to go. Make them a masked wrestler. You wrestle did it with Mechasaurus. <laughs> wrestle in Mexico, in Japan, under a mask. That's it. Oh, Japan, Japan. I don't. I. I he. If he does Mexico, I can tell he's not Mexican. If he goes to Japan, yeah. 
I could see that. I could see that strong style, and I could be like, uh, he's a white guy that went to Japan. He's probably Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm never going to see his face. Um, okay. You know, he could be the new El Generico. <laughs> yeah. I but, say go you know, with it, man. I say own the last name. I, I say my dad's legacy has nothing to do with me. I think you got to come out swinging with that shit. Like, if he was assigned to AEW, his first promo would be denouncing everything his father, you know, all that shit that has nothing to do with me. I'm the next generation of Benoit. I'm here to bring, you know, pride to the last name. If and- anything, let him represent his mother and not his father. Right, you could do that. Or take his, or take woman's last name. I don't know what her last name was, but he could do that shit. He could be David, whatever woman's name, whatever. Yeah. You know, she's or- like, I think she was Italian, right? I, I think yeah, she was she's Italian. Italian. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Say, listen, I know you people know who I am. I'm not him. I'm exactly. David. That's it. And I'm going to create my own legacy. And the the fans, he'll be a super baby face. Super. Mic drop. The no, fans I, I, I'll make him a villain. I'll let him beat up Luke Perry's son. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we got in common, Jungle Boy? Both our fathers are dead. And that, oh man, that's... <laughs> and yo, that would be great. That would put him over. That would put him over to the point people be like, "Would he just say that?" I'm like, "Yeah," oh, but like, man. all he has to do is have have a character as a villain that he hates everybody for for what they do to him, and he hates his dad because he's a piece of crap, and just be like that. Even if even if he doesn't hate him, just just play on the role. Like, and he left me alone. Like in those dark moments that. It'll make him. It'll make him dark, but man, it would. It would. It would make him like believable. How tall is he? Like five ten, five eleven? He's probably just as tall as his dad was. Maybe a little bit taller. If he's five ten, five eleven, he could do fine. Put a mask on him. But if he's gonna do his, his Benoit, like five eight, five nine, he wasn't a big. He wasn't a tall guy at all. He was just roided to the gills. Oh, I, I thought he was like a little bit taller. Who Ben? Who Chris? Yeah, I thought Chris Benoit was like 5'10", 5'11". Uh, he, he wasn't. he was taller than Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie wasn't tall either. Uh, they, Eddie was like, probably... like my height. Yeah. Eddie's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, and that ain't tall. <laughs> like... I'll tell you this. I felt bad for Chavo, him telling the story how Eddie died in his arms and all that shit. That was pretty oh, crazy. Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, yeah, that was pretty. But that was a really good documentary. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And it had at least, like I said, at least it had a good ending. You know what I mean? Um, it left you feeling good that David and and the sister, you know, the aunts have have you know a, a still a relationship, and they even went to a wrestling show together. Like you know, at, at least it had a good ending. And we know this kid is getting watched over by by Jericho and Chavo and and these guys, and he's looking like he's gonna be okay. You know what I mean? Um. Then you go from that to, I guess you go from one killer to another, huh? <laughs> I know. I don't know how New Jack is not in prison, but oof. well, he know. just got, he just got that luck because I mean, he, the New Jack one I knew about mass transit. That's that's a famous yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. story. I knew about me and Izzy saw G- the Gypsy Joe one I think live in two thousand seven on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you ain't have to do that old man like that, yeah. 
<laughs> he beat the shit out of him, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He swore you're not going to sell? <laughs> I heard about it. I never seen video of it until until Darkseid showed the video. Oh. I was like, poor old we saw that video like 15 years ago and we were laughing our ass off, bro. And then the him him stabbing the dude in Florida. I think we saw that on YouTube also. That that I heard, but I never saw it. I'm like, yo, he's he's really jigging this dude, bro. Like shanking him up. Yep. I, I felt like D Lo when D Lo was watching, he was like, Oh, he's stabbing him. I was like, Oh, thanks. I was like, how's this guy not in jail? And that's the thing. It, it, I, I actually enjoyed it for the fact that we're never going to get a DVD release of the career of New Jack. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, we're never going to get that. So this is the closest thing we're going to get to something like that. Like, we see the be- the birth of New Jack in, in Smoky Mountain. And the funny thing is we could thank Jim Cornette for New Jack, which yeah, is pretty Jim freaking- Cornette knew, like, he's going too far. He's going a little off, yeah. When they won the Smoky Mountain tag titles, right? Jim Cornette took them to uh, do a promo, and they were like, "Oh, we could just go to the hood." So he goes, "Oh, you know these guys? Nah, we're just gonna go in with the titles." <laughs> and that's all raw footage. Yeah, it, it, it's just them in a the car with Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette filming. That was it in the middle of the ghetto, Crazy. somewhere in Memphis or, or down is, there. Jim Cornette is the one that told him go piss off all those white people, and that's yeah. how you get over. Yeah, like, they were they were good because I remember seeing Smoky Mountain here and there with some videotapes back then VHS, <laughs> and they were good. I remember even the Undertaker when they had the feud with the Undertaker, the the gangsters in Smoky Mountain. Smoky Mountain that short time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but when they went to ECW, I was like, something's not right because I remember yeah. like one of my favorite ECW moments is when when they gave uh, was it Beulah. When they gave her, when the Eliminators gave her total elimination, <laughs> I who was the one that was the manager of the Pitbulls? No, it was Francine. Francine, oh my God! Yeah, I thought they killed her. They wiped her out. He took yeah. this ninety-nine pound woman, these two big dudes, and just total elimination. Yo, I'll tell you this though. ECW in ninety-six, ninety-seven had a very underrated tag team scene because yeah. you have. The Dudleys, who were up-and-comers at the time. You had the Steiner brothers, who were leaving back to WCW, but were still there. You got the Eliminators. You got the Gangsters. You got the Public Enemy. You had Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko as a tag team. Like, I was like, yo, this freaking tag roster on the low was probably better than both WWE and WCW at the time. Yeah, The you know Pitbulls were, were back together, but after yeah. that dude broke his neck with that total elimination, he wasn't the same, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they killed that guy too. <laughs> I thought that was, I, I, that was when, the hottest when, wrestling yeah. move I had ever seen at that point. Oh, total elimination. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. eliminators were, were 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 probably the best team in the world back then. You know, Saturn and Cronus. You, you had Perry Saturn, who was great, and John Cronus, who was the Looney Tune of the two. He was a little loopy, a little crazy, but he was a bigger guy who could flip and do and do all sorts of crazy shit. He could do a split. He could do. 450s and moonsaults and all that and Perry Saturn was just a tough bastard who could wrestle you know what I mean um, but yeah I remember when New Jack and Mustafa first came into ECW the, the first they debuted attacking the public enemy because they called out public enemy for being fake gangsters and all that stuff and we're the real gangsters and that was the and that was the feud that was the feud right there um, 
I didn't remember them in Smoky Mountain until later when I bought a DVD of some, you know, Smoky Mountain greatest hits, and they had WCW, WWE guys in there and ECW guys. And I see the gangsters, and I see D'Lo Brown with them, and I'm like, what? He was a, he was one of them, and that was before. Yeah, that was I, that I, was Cornette's way of trying to pacify them, and so they took a yeah. bump. <laughs> Brown would be the one to take the, the ass weapons. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it was before the Nation of Domination days. So before Nation of Domination, he was part of the gangsters. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't realize that till till way later on. You, you know why? D'Lo Brown was here, educated guy, Northeast guy from Jersey. And he went down there. He wanted to work in wrestling. So they gave him a job as the as the guy that hooked up the, the ring and put the ring together. And... I remember that they were saying that, you know, they felt bad for him because the other guy that did the ring, he was a racist. He was a racist guy. So I said, if he could deal with him, we could do whatever, you know, we could do whatever with him. Right. We could and put him and put him to rest. Underrated dude, D'Lo Brown. I yeah. mean, um, he was he was a good worker. He he could talk. Yeah. He had the swag. You know what I mean? He had and he, for a big guy, because on the low people, I remember him wearing that stupid chest protector and all that shit. But um. On the low, D'Lo Brown was about 270, 280. Like, he was a big guy, you know, and he used to do all those high-flying moves, and I liked his little weird-looking frog splash that he used to do. He was good. He was good. That's why Cornette brought him in in the, in the, mid, in the mid-90s. Yeah. That was a Cornette guy. Just like then, and what's crazy is he used him and gave him a better push than some of the other guys because he brought in, uh, what was the guy from the FBI? Um Tracy Smothers, he brought him in to be a jobber. He brought Dirty White Boy to be a jobber. He was the the hopper. He was the plumber guy in WWE. Yeah, T.L. Hopper. Yeah, T.L. Hopper. Horrible, horrible gimmick. <laughs> and and well, the other guy, the Sal Salvatore, that was another guy that was a cornet guy as a jobber. Yet, Dino uh, Brown uh, didn't start as a jobber. They gave him a, a prominent role. Salvatore Sincere in WWE? Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brandy, remember Tom Brandy? Oh yeah, oh my god. <laughs> well, what what was uh what was uh this dude's name in WWF when he went there? Uh who uh, Tracy Smothers. What was he? Freddie Joe Floyd? What was he? Yeah, Freddie <laughs> Joe Floyd. He was like a rip off of um Ronnie Garvin. Oh, what a terrible Cuz remember a lot, a lot of these were were dumps of of who was in WCW. Like yeah. Virgil was a joke on on Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yep, which is crazy. But then when Virgil went to WCW, they named him Vincent after Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They named him after Vince, which is pretty funny. Yeah, and they named him Virgil because Dusty Rhodes' name was Vir- is Virgil Reynolds, so they named him Virgil to copy Dusty Rhodes, and then they named him Vincent to copy Vince McMahon. So he's never really had his own gimmick. It's yeah, pretty crazy, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, uh, <sighs> honestly, I didn't know about the whole midget stuff with with the with the Eric Kula story with with New Jack, how the how yeah. the two midgets came into play there. Apparently, Mass Transit was supposed to have his midget match in ECW. Was that was that the plan there? And all of a sudden, it turned when yeah. when Axel Ryan didn't show up, he, they put him against New Jack and, and with Devon Dudley and all those other guys. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have to do that little boy like that either, man. <laughs> I blame his father too, though. Of a lot course, of people don't yeah. want to blame the dude's oh, father. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the dad obviously yeah. knew his son's age, and he still let him do that. 
Yeah, you know I mean, and the funny thing is that made me laugh because New Jack, he's just he's just a funny dude. He took it so personally because the kid wanted to get some offense in. He was like, oh, you know, Mr. New Jack, would you mind if you know I beat you up a little bit, you know, so I could look look okay out there? New Jack was like, motherfucker, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've always been like New Jack. Because when growing up, you didn't really get to see ECW ever, like really, unless you like waited at until two o'clock in the morning on the MSG network and they would show like an hour of ECW. And then you see this crazy guy jumping off of a scaffold and you're like, who the hell is that? Like, that was my first exposure with this dude. And then you do some research and you're like, oh, shit, this dude is cool. He's got a great look and he's crazy. and He wrestles with, you know hip-hop throughout the whole match there's a rap song playing the whole match and he's hitting dudes with garbage kind of he's crazy <laughs> but you know his older stuff man everything outside of ecw I, this documentary did not help him at all i don't think it painted him in a good light whatsoever. he's a funny guy but he's he's an asshole man <laughs> like he's yeah, a piece yeah. of shit Honestly, you know what's funny that you said on msg right so late mm -hmm. night you know that MSG would give a replay of what they used to give Fridays at like eight o'clock because I remember I used to I used to get invited to a youth for for church on Fridays and I was like hell no that's ECW time they would give it on channel thirty one so that's why I wouldn't go to the youth because I was watching ECW at eight o'clock on Fridays funny. on channel thirty one what what is that channel here that's now it's Ion channel. But yeah. it was before it was the Ion channel. Mm. Yeah, MSG. You catch the MSG network, and it was late night, like after midnight. And the thing is, you would pray for it to come on because sometimes it wouldn't. It wouldn't, yeah. And yeah. and one time, I think even me and Iz were one time waiting for it, and we were like, it hit like four in the morning. And we were like, yo, yo, let's just give up. It's time to go to sleep. And like 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 they didn't even show it. And yeah, that I mean, was crazy because that was the repeat of what they gave on what's the Ion channel now. That was yeah. the repeat, what they gave on MSG. So that's why you wouldn't get it sometimes. But on schedule, 8 o'clock every freaking Friday, it was on Ion, what was previously Ion. Because they went through a whole bunch of uh, phases, the Ion channel. It went through like a whole bunch of phases. Mm -hmm, and then yeah. it finally became Ion. It was like an independent channel. All right. You know, probably made New Jack look even worse if, 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 if possible, when he thanked OJ for killing his wife and 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 that guy. Yeah, oh yeah. But he admitted. You know what was crazy? And I laughed and I had a good chuckle when he said, "Oh, OJ was killing people. Yeah, he was guilty." I was like, I was like, I had to laugh because it's like so many people have been like, "No, OJ didn't do it." And I'm like, he's like, "No, OJ did it." Just like Dave Chappelle did. OJ did it. <laughs> Well, the thing I is, I always thought he did it. <laughs> I think the he came off better on the behind the mat documentary that came out like twenty years ago, way better than this one because you know he was hanging out with the Jewish guy that was directing the documentary and all that stuff. Oh, you know he had an audition okay. for an acting oh, role. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he 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 was talking at Terry Funk's daughter's wedding. You know pre uh. You know, talking good about Terry and felt bad because he was retiring and all that stuff. And he was like, oh, you know, yeah, I got four justifiable homicides. But you know what? It was dumb situations. You know, it was either them or me and I'm still here. So with with that, 
you could kind of maybe appreciate that. You know, you're defending yourself or whatever the case. But after seeing this, it kind of makes you think maybe they were defending themselves against him and he won. You know what I mean? So he's, it was kind of, he's a savage and he's a maniac. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, this documentary made me see him the way I always kind of thought of him. But um, I was like, bro, you you don't you don't deserve freedom. No. <laughs> You, you gave this. me a little bit of entertainment because when he started jumping off of the balcony a little too much, like the first time I was like, wow. Second time I was like, okay. Third time I was like, all right, this guy's going to kill himself. All right, now everybody's going to try to kill themselves too. I was like, right, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> like, so he's, lucky, he's lucky Vic Grimes didn't die from that throw. Mm, that yeah. All he had was a broken ankle. Unbelievable. He's so lucky. <laughs> you know, because first he was tasing him. Yeah, that oh, match is what turned me off completely to him. Mm. He's just unprofessionalism, man. He, he's the not thing is, he did that out of revenge because he was pissed off because when they had their match in ECW, um, he didn't want to take the bump. Yeah, he didn't want to take the bump, so he dragged New Jack with him. Off the balcony, and that's how New Jack lost some some vision in his eye when he took that bump off the balcony. So he was so mad at Grimes for that. He was like, "Well, he didn't take the fall the first time. He's going to take it this time." And instead of just a, a smaller balcony drop, he threw him off a giant scaffold from the freaking ceiling, and he almost missed the tables. He did miss the tables. He skidded. He just he only his hand touched the table. He and went right to the rope. And on the documentary, he's saying, I wanted him to hit the fucking floor. Like, he was throwing him to the floor. Uh, he's crazy, bro. Uh, I'll tell you this, though. If throughout all of this, he never got one ounce of jail time, and he was able to finagle his way out of all those situations. A lucky dude. You deserve your freedom. Good for you. you yeah, I mean? true. Yeah. True. <laughs> I agree. Because Payman saved him one time. For the for the Eric Kulas thing, Paul Heyman, he said Paul Heyman bullshitted his way out of that one. And if it wasn't for the fact that that kid lied about his age, New Jack would have probably been in prison. Um, but but Paul Heyman found his way out of that. Then the white boy that he jigged up like nine times said, "Yo, let's make a storyline out of it. Let's make money yeah, off of this." That's crazy. And then New Jack said, "Yeah, sure." And then he skipped town. <laughs> Why wouldn't he, man? Yeah. <laughs> If that white boy was dumb enough to let him walk, he left. Good for him. You know, stupid. You should have just let him take to drop the charges. Once he dropped it, he fled. Oh, yeah. Just smart. Unreal. And then the fat guy died. And they said, oh, how do you feel that this guy died? It was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So crazy, man. That guy is on his mind, man. <laughs> And it makes you think, like, you know, what type of guy was he like with, with Mustafa? Like, what, like, was Mustafa another crazy loon that was around yeah, him? Yeah, he that... was. He said that Mustafa used to uh, smoke uh, the shavings of pencils and tell yeah. him, yo, you got to smoke this. <laughs> He's like, and he, he told Mustafa, that's going to that's gonna make your brain crazy. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, what? And then in the after show, Mustafa was on the after show. Oh, he was. Yeah. He was just giggling and laughing. Like, oh, 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 he was crazy. He gave me some fun times in my life. I was like, what? I was never a fan of Mustafa Saeed. Never. Never. I thought he sucked. 
Uh, he there was nothing good about him. He was him. just a brawn. He was just a brawn. That's all he was. Just a big. He was the Stevie Ray of that team, and not to and not to compare New Jack to Booker T, because in terms of actual talent in the ring, New I Jack has nothing nothing on Booker T. But in but Stevie of... Ray had more talent than Mustafa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I never really cared for Stevie Ray either. It was mm. his 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 uh blogs, his uh video blogs are funny. His yeah, podcasts that... are funny and informative too. And the funny thing is, you know how they said uh that WWE or WCW would have never touched New Jack or whatever? That's actually a lie because they wanted New Jack to feud with John Cena back in the day. That's crazy. They yeah, were the, he, him he, then, the, then the case happened, and they were like, "No." Yeah, exactly. Because remember, John Cena got attacked in a club, so to speak, quote unquote. That he cut, that he got attacked. So they were wondering who attacked John Cena in the club. It was going to be somebody that was rolling with Carlito at the time, or whatever. And they they actually had New Jack there to to, to they were going to bring him in, and then they were like, "You know what? Nah, we're good." That dude's a liability, man. He's the most unprofessional. <laughs> he's crazy, man. Can you imagine he's doing an angle? Oh, I'm going to just jig Vince McMahon. You never know. You hey, never know. That lifestyle almost got Dean Ambrose or, or John Moxley, whatever he goes by now. He almost got him killed by a fan. That, that, that whole angle of stabbing people and being hardcore. Wow. So remember that fan that tried to stab, stab him when he was Dean Ambrose? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, John John Moxley is not not doing too bad for himself. AEW champion right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the upcoming uh, lineup for the Dark Side of the Ring after this episode, I'm not sure what they're doing next week, but I know they're doing the uh, the boxing tournament that destroyed everybody's <laughs> career. The Brawl. The Brawl. That's oh. right. <laughs> you know who's going to get the blame for that? Yeah, Russo. Russo's on it, actually. Russo's going to get the blame for that. <laughs> Everybody. Even Jim Ross is already blaming him. In the scenes that I've seen, the little like trailers I've seen, even Jim Ross. Listen, man. Even Jim the, Ross throws over the bus. For all the bad stuff that happened back then, you got to have McMahon accountable for that, too, because... You could blame Russo all you want, but nothing gets through Vince McMahon not saying yes or no at the end. You know what I mean? Even even with Vince Russo being the head of creative, you still got to filter that through Vince McMahon. And if Vince McMahon says yes or no, then that's on that's on him. You know what I mean? So you could blame Russo all you want, but McMahon has fault in that also. I blame McMahon as well. I do. He he. McMahon, remember if if you remember. McMahon, when he took over WWE, he had all his daddy's contracts. So he had mm. to do some boxing. The last boxing match he did was Donnie LaLanne against Sugar, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard for the super middleweight title. Mm. So that was a promotion by Vince McMahon Jr., taking his mm. daddy's contracts. And then I think he had one more uh, mega fight, and then that was it. And then he went into WWE because he wasn't doing so well in the in the in the boxing uh, realm. So I guess that was something like he 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 probably thought his mic, yeah, I could probably go back into doing boxing promoting. And it just didn't work out. Just, and then the winner gets Butterbean and gets killed oh, by God. Butterbean. 
I wonder, I wonder if Butterbean is going to be uh, like, like if they're going to have Eric Esch, which is his real name, like mm-hmm. talk on this documentary because they, they, they nearly killed Bart Gunn at the end of that. Thing. Oh. Yeah, man, they took his head off, bro. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what they thought Bart Gunn was going to do with that. You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, you, you know, you got some good punches in on I'm like the Godfather and Dr. Depp Steve Williams, but now you're fighting an actual freaking fighter. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. <laughs> but yeah, they got they're doing the brawl for all. They're doing the Road Warriors, which I'm interested in. You know, obviously that's they're probably doing gonna... both or they're doing Hawk. Which one? I think it said the Road Warriors. So I'm assuming both of them are gonna, gonna be real good. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm assuming it's gonna be more the 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 death of of Hawk more than anything else because obviously Joe is still here you know Animal is still around um, they're doing the Road Warriors they're doing Dino Bravo which is going to be interesting that's going to be good yeah because a lot of you if y'all remember Dino Bravo was a Canadian wrestler he wrestled for WWE for a while um, was managed by Jimmy Hart he used to tag with like Earthquake and 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 Greg Valentine he was part of the what do you call that the Dream Team with Greg Valentine um. And uh, this guy, when he left wrestling, he was pretty much a part of the Canadian mafia. And, Even uh, when he was wrestling, just yeah, they, did, they just didn't know how 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 involved he was. Yeah, and apparently he, you know, was involved in some bad business, and he ended up getting killed execution style in his house. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so they're doing the Dino Bravo story. They're gonna do Owen Hart, um, and. A couple of others. I'm not sure what the rest of them are, but it's looking like a pretty, pretty crazy season. <laughs> and I think it's every Tuesday. I want to say on Vice. Yeah, so, every Tuesday. Uh, I think it's nine o'clock on Vice. Yeah. So just DVR it. Just put it in the... DVR. Let it do it on its own. <laughs> yeah, and if and by some weird way nobody has Vice, you could probably just catch it on YouTube the next night, the yeah. next day. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides, besides that, we pretty much got into everything we were going to get into tonight. Uh, that was your WrestleMania preview show. Um, spoke WrestleMania, dark side, spoke about the hall of fame, a little bit of AEW. So yeah, man. Uh, with that being said, with, with the, with the lineup we got here, you guys obviously were hoping for a underrated, pretty good WrestleMania. What do you guys think is going to happen with this card? We'll, we'll, we'll enjoy it. Yeah. We'll enjoy it. It's you know what? Something different. Yeah, it's, it's a different experience. He, here's my question for you guys. Do you think that we'll enjoy it, but then six months down the line, we'll look at it again and go, they should have just held it for for uh, for summer? Like how you said, it should be SummerSlam time? I think we're going to get a lot of rematches. Um, like we're going to see some of this card again when we actually have a crowd so we could get the reactions and all that other stuff. But, um, I think they needed to give us something, you know, the, you, I think in probably Vince McMahon's mind is like, we can't have nothing. You know, this was supposed to be mania. We're going to have something, you know what I mean? I probably wouldn't have had it as a mania. I would have just had like a network special or some bullshit like that and have WrestleMania postponed. But um, 
like put on like a like a like a, a spinoff show, put on like NXT versus WWE and have random matches. You know what I mean? Um, but I think they needed to give the fans something. I think they, you know, so they, but they figured the Vince McMahon mantra, the show must go on. So even if we're not going to have a crowd, we're still going to give the fans WrestleMania. And that's, that's, I think what McMahon's mindset was. I hear it. I, I, I see the point. We need some entertainment in this time because I can't watch the news all the time. (laughs) Yeah, we need something to get our minds off of it. And why not have the supposed of, you know, the biggest show of the year take our minds off for probably six hours of our minds off, (laughs) even though I don't know how many people can last two, uh, two days, three and a half or four hours a day with no audience of wrestling, which which honestly, like 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 you guys said earlier. I think they're going to pull out all the stops to make this thing probably more interesting and entertaining than we think it's going to be. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, this was episode 45 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am glad to finally be back. I haven't done a show in a long... It's been a long time. Um, <laughs> I want to thank the guys for coming on. And uh, now that I'm quarantined in my house, you know, uh, I'm going to be putting on more freaking shows, man. <laughs> um, I do have a second show and it's a, a horror movie show um, called Nightmares on J Street. I already did. I did one episode about a couple months back and I will be recording another one this weekend. Um, so look out for that. So. By the end of this weekend, you'll have two shows to listen to. Hopefully, you'll hear this before Mania. Um, so with that being said, you know, thank you, Izzy and Sam, for coming on. Yeah. I am Jay. This has been episode 45 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Catch it on the SD Podcast channel. Any podcast app you can think of, your boy Jay is there. So once again, guys, thank you. And I will be back for episode 46. Thank you and have a good one. Peace. Peace.